go. Hi. Hi. Welcome hey there. To, welcome to the call. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. It has, yeah. and I haven't uploaded an episode in uh, two months. No, that's, that's all right. <laughs> They're waiting with bated breath. Oh, everyone. Everyone is. All right, there we go. So, I put up two episodes tonight. Now, I make a new episode so I can start some notes. Cool. And here we are. Excellent. Awesome. So, so um, let's see. What's what's new? What's uh, one of us recently think- came back to town? Yeah, yeah, that would be me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think since the last time, or I don't know, maybe James has too, and maybe CJ has. I think since the last time we re- we've recorded, I think all three of us have been out of town. But that is correct. I think so too. Town. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. But I just came back from Arizona yesterday. So how how was, was it? it? I mean, that makes me the the most recent one to to leave and come back. It was good. It was good. Yeah, it was <laughs> nice and warm. For, Yes, in fact, I acclimated a lot quicker than I thought I would, um, which is funny because the last day I was there I was in the uh, like mid seventies, and I was complaining about how warm it was. So, <laughs> today I've been freezing all day, you know, in the in the fifties here. Yeah, but it was good. Went down there to watch some baseball and did some hiking and stuff. So that's always fun. How many games did you guys Excellent. see? Did you guys see four games? Uh, four games, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thought about seeing a fifth one on Wednesday when I was down there, but decided to do a twelve-mile hike instead. Okay, I could see that. Man, that's a, that's an interesting choice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like, you know I like to try and get in some some hiking and sightseeing while we're down there too. You know, sure. Was that the Tom Thumb? Yes. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, didn't Christine show you on Instagram or something? Uh no, I I thumb, thumb is it's a it's, it's like a big prominent like rock near uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Ah, because it's also the name of a yeah. predominant beatboxer, and I was utterly confused. Oh really? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. Interesting. <laughs> no, I I logged on to Instagram to uh, to post a picture. So your, oh, your dad okay. is one of the three people I follow. So I saw a picture from oh, Tom okay. Thumb. <laughs> Every yeah, no, time I see your dad at the store, Zach, I want to just go up to him and be like, "Are you Zach's daddy?" <laughs> oh, man. But but I don't because I'm a grown man and that's creepy. And yeah, the, the creepier the better, though. You know. Oh, he would creep <laughs> him out. Real good. Once he figured out, like once he sussed out who you were, he I think almost definitely would start talking shit on you. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You do that gay podcast with my son? Jesus. Yes. Oh, yeah. That one. That's me. You know, and if you do ever talk to him, just make sure to call him sir as much as possible. Sir. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Oh, he loves it. I call him Staven. Sir and Mr. Staven. <laughs> He's still on my phone as Papa Staven because I think it was a Brian <laughs> thing. But one day... I think so, yeah. One day someone was like, I'm going to call you Staven. So, so now we do. <laughs> oh man i so i was that barista at starbucks who like somebody came in one time and was like it's steven with a ph so i put <laughs> ph in front of steven with a b <laughs> just kind of like fuck yeah you know whatever yeah. steven was that person's name <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I could see like really enjoying that if I were to get it afterwards, but I'm not the guy who's so specific about stuff. That you would right, ever get. Right. Yeah. I've had to start there telling a- Starbucks employees that I'm Chris after yeah. one time when I told them CJ and they kept yelling out Caesar, Caesar. Hello, Caesar. Caesar. Yeah. Caesar. <laughs> so I went for Chris because <laughs> it's hard to fuck up Chris. <laughs> I would hope so, yeah. You you would always get people who like would just never give you a name, like would be as soon as they order they're like onto other shit. Mm. You know, you're like name and so like and there's some people that I could get away with this, but some people like couldn't. I would just like write glasses or like black weird lady. bun or yeah. Well not black lady, <laughs> but you know, like whatever they're wearing or like, you know, weird purse or loud and obnoxious. I wouldn't write in the loud and obnoxious, but I you know, mm. I wanted to get the general but, idea, but it was always yeah. yeah. Glasses was a good one. You know, pink glasses. <laughs> And then usually the guy at the end would either know this person, you know, just be like, hey, here's your drink. And they wouldn't catch it until later, you know, mm-hmm. but like <laughs> once every now and again, it would be a new person on bar who didn't know like the regulars. So and they'd so, shout glasses. They did. Yes. 100 <laughs> percent. I got in trouble because I wrote glasses <laughs> and this new person didn't know glasses. Whose glasses? And it sat there and it sat at the bar for oh, minutes and minutes. No. So, but that's, you know, lesson learned, I guess. Don't take liberties with other people's drinks, right? Or names. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I now exclusively order through the Starbucks app. Because it's, oh, yeah. it's so beautiful to just breeze in and go, hey, look at you suckers standing in line. Thank you for my drink. Goodbye. But you can't modify them all the way that I like to. You can modify them pretty far. I don't know what you're, what you're after, so, but you can do a lot. So, like... Specifically, my drink of choice lately has been a cold brew, okay. iced coffee. But you, that comes naturally, well, naturally, but like the standard way that they make it is half coffee and half water. Um, and they pour the water in because like their, their normal ice brew coffee is brewed hot and then they just chill it with ice, which waters it down. So the cold brew, they make concentrated and they, they add water to it. Um, and I like no water. I like the extra coffee flavor. Uh, and the extra kick that is provided with mm. it, but that's not an option on the app. The no water is not an option. Interesting. You can probably put it mm. into notes, but then you're not always assured that that will happen. Right. Right. I've uh, I've solved this problem in our own house because we make cold brew coffee from time to time, and I Excellent. have uh, coffee ice cubes in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Smart. Smart. Which is that's not like even a cold an brew ice cube thing. made out of. Coffee? I yep. Mean, I just poured coffee into an ice them. tray and stuck it in the freezer, and that that works even just if you want to make iced coffee. Yeah. You, oh yeah. You make a you know make a cup of coffee and then you pour it over ice and then you add a bunch of coffee ice cubes and so if you do like half and half, then as your ice melts, you don't lose the coffeeness. Right. It continues Smart. to be iced coffee and not watered yeah. down iced coffee. Hmm. Smart. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. I'm going to the Starbucks app. I'm going to try and make you drink. Okay. So while I, I like, do so that. I, I do eight pumps of the uh, sugar-free vanilla. Eight pumps? And, yeah, which is one extra pump than it comes with, I think. The the Trenta cold brew might actually come with. So I do Trenta also. Oh. Uh, the, it might actually come with eight pumps, so it might not be any extra. Oh, my uh, God. But so, yeah, eight sugar-free vanilla. Uh, and I do regular heavy cream, which is the whipping cream. Because that has fewer carbs than the uh, milk, than any of the other milks. And so it as makes a, it like, super creamy. Just because I'm trying to make you drink here. As a basis, yeah, yeah. you are getting the vanilla sweet cream cold brew. 
No, just the cold brew. Okay, if that's just... I mean, if that's the only option for the cold brew. There's um, also otherwise... the Nariño 70 cold brew. Just a cold brew iced coffee, plain. It's it looks... probably the vanilla one, but minus the vanilla. With yeah, so with with sugar free vanilla. Yeah, it's Nariño. Okay, go ahead, keep keep talking, and I'll just try and make a drink here. Yeah, so that's that's all that's in it. It's it's coffee, sugar free vanilla, and uh, light heavy cream, a regular heavy cream, either one. Splash of heavy cream, light. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you don't want any powders. You're not trying to bulk up or anything. Nope. Correct. Correct. Uh, no sweetener. Save. Now, flavors. You said sugar-free vanilla. Add mm-hmm. seven pumps. Is oh, it just automatically did seven. So add yeah, eight. Yeah. So yeah. So save. One more. Yep. And now espresso and shot options. No. Right. And before I was doing one, I was actually doing three shots before when I was a barista, and shortly thereafter. Uh, but now I don't do any shots because the cold brew tastes fine without them. Oh yeah, looks like the only way to do what you want would be to add a note or walk to in add there. a note and and hope. You know, but now the one that is by our house, I absolutely could do that. They know me and her to the point that, like, if I go in and I only order one, they're like, "Do you want the second one?" You know, uh, and and I used to work with some of them with with uh, the manager there, um, I because I've actually worked at that store, so I filled in a couple of times, and I used to do, you know, so I used to work directly with a lot of the the chicks that are at that store, and the, including the manager. So some of them remember me from that, and some of them don't. So. Hmm. Zach, are you a Starbucks guy? You go to Starbucks and... I am not a coffee guy in general. If I drink coffee, I just drink plain, dark coffee. Nothing added, but I am normally not a coffee guy. What do you do? You You woke up a little later than you wanted. You're you're on your way to work and you need a little extra pep in your step. You need a little zip. What's going on? What are you doing? Uh, I I don't have anything uh, that I would do. Uh, really, you just be tired all day. Yeah, just deal. Uh, normally, once I once I get my shower and I'm good. Wow. Well, yeah. You know what? You're gonna. But, you know. That's gonna. That's gonna aid you well <laughs> in the future because you're gonna be less of a caffeine junkie than we'll the rest see. of the world. And when the when the apocalypse comes, you'll be okay. You won't have that <laughs> first two weeks of splitting headaches like everyone else in the world. <laughs> Oh man, that's gonna we'll be see. so shitty. I think about that all the time, like the comforts that I'm used to, and how much it's gonna just be <laughs> ass when when the shit goes down. Yep. I have a question, <laughs> Zach. Uh, this for you too, CJ, but mainly for Zach first. What um, if you had to do a TED talk, what would that be on? Yeah. Oh my god. Um. I know that's a tough question. Jeez, yeah. Like, what uh, are you an expert at? Like, and way to not be put on the spot. Like, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to do something as in depth as a TED talk, I would want to do um, get everything in line first. But honestly, it'd have to be something probably pharmacy related. <laughs> okay. Where you have the most training. That makes yeah, sense. exactly. I don't think there's anything else um, that I could come anywhere close to being able to do a TED talk about. <laughs> Even video games? Even like something like, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, that, cause that came into mind. Uh, certain, you know, books came to mind, but nothing that, uh, nothing that I would consider myself anywhere near an expert in. 
is there one specific aspect of pharmaceuticals that you feel like you have more like knowledge in particularly? Not currently, no. Mostly because I'm in community pharmacy, you kind of just deal with, with such a wide variety of things. I mean, you know, diabetes and hypertension tend to be, you know, the two biggest ones just because those are heart disease and diabetes are two of the, you know, most common disease states in the country. Sure. That's interesting. Hmm. What would yours be, CJ? I've been thinking, I think I'm, I'm going to have to go broader because I'm not an expert on almost anything. And so the, my, my broad, broad topic would maybe be something like how to recognize your passion. Okay. Interesting. Cause I, I did something I've done a few times in my life. Like, okay, take a step back. And what are you, um, not hitting your other priorities in your life? Wait, like, what are you, what are you, you know, putting into column B so that you can do X? Hmm. Maybe that, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know much about Ted talks. I imagine, I, I would imagine that would be a topic. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I, I think I could. Yeah, yeah. I only know about, what Ty, about you, Thailand. Yeah. Like life lifestyle. What now? What about you? Oh me, uh, I, probably beatboxing. Honestly, like that's the thing that I'm most like readily like expert at. Like I so it sucks. Like I'm really cocky about it sometimes. Like in at work because I know that I'm not going to actually beatbox. Like people are like when they find out that that I beatbox. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm probably the best beatboxer that you've ever met in person. And they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, do it. Because like most of the time, you know, and sometimes I do like quietly beatbox. Sometimes people catch me at work, but most of the time I'm, you know, pretty quiet. I, you know, I work in an office setting. So like you can't just be like disturbing folks and like yeah. creating a bunch. Of, although someone thinks that like every now and again, like it happens like once a month so far, somebody like thinks it's cool to just play Metallica and ACDC and like a bunch of like old hard rock on Fridays, like at the end of the day. And it's like that, like buddy. So like there are different divisions, right? If it, if that was an eligibility worker, like there has to be being chewed out by my program manager. Right. But that is either a mental health worker or a child protective services worker. And they have a different like program manager. Right. So, Hmm. so they're under different rules, (laughs) (laughs) which sucks because we're, there's no walls. Or, oh. There's no roof, right? I mean, there's the roof. Yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no separation. So different rules, but like same space. And so, oh, yeah, some the office assistant in my division came over to me to my desk. Like, you guys don't hear that? And I was like, and this was like like three forty five. She comes over. She's like, you guys don't hear that? And I was like, oh yeah, dude, it's been going on since two thirty. And she was like, what? And like stormed <laughs> over there and was like, excuse me, can you please turn that down? We're trying to work. And he goes, you can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's that. Yeah. Oh, but no, but beatboxing would probably be it. Or you know how to. I'm also pretty good at getting along with strangers. That makes sense. Sure. So I could probably give a talk on that. Like I can make friends in in pretty much any setting, wherever I'm at. I can find something in common with you know whomever is there. Most of the time, I want to want to say that loosely. If I'm <laughs> at a KKK rally, I'm not yeah. just going to be making friends left and right. You know. Do Do you guys ever watch Survivor? No. 
I no. think I may have seen an episode once, and that was years ago. Yeah, so, back no. when when in the first one. I'm I am married to a reality TV show junkie, and <laughs> okay. <laughs> And part of that has been like, but like when we, especially when we first moved in together and stuff, I would happen to offhandedly mention certain reality shows that I had been into in the past. She would want to experience them, and then that would be just part of <laughs> what she was shooting up. So the I watch plenty of them with her. Mostly they're her shows, but the two that were mine from before, and then I was mentioned, and now she's really into are Amazing Race and Survivor. Okay. And Amazing Race just wrapped up. It was a it was a, you know, it was a season of Amazing Race. Um Survivor just started and there's this guy on Survivor who looks exactly like Kate McKinnon playing um Jeff Sessions on SNL. <laughs> That's unfortunate for that dude. Oh, That's no. funny. He looks exactly like it, but he's also from middle of nowhere Kentucky. Okay. So we just watched the first episode, which was two hours tonight, and he brought up probably eight to ten times at least, brought up how he's so glad that he's on Survivor because he can experience people he wouldn't have experienced back home. Uh Uh-huh. And every time, without saying nigger, (laughs) he would point out all of the people of color in his tribe. Oh no! <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I got to meet Yashika because she's so passionate and creative, and it's and how great is that? And I'm so glad I got to meet <laughs> the Asian guy and stuff. And it's like you gotta stop saying that because you keep saying it to the entire group. <laughs> yeah, oh, and I, and his name is is Donathan with a D. So uh, yeah, cross between Donovan and Jonathan. Donathan. All right, let me. I think I think that's his name. Let me make sure because I, Donathan, Donathan Survivor. That so like separate that. It's do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about him is he does not look like backwoods dude. I first saw this guy and I went like, oh, there's like a nice young gay guy from L.A. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've Googled him yet, Zach. His name is Donathan Hurley. What a name. Yeah, and he looks... Just imagine Kate McKinnon as Jeff Sessions, but with dark hair and wearing a striped t-shirt. Yeah, anyway. Donathan on Survivor is in our oh, show wow. notes. Mm-hmm. What a character this man is. Oh, you guys both looked him up? Yeah. Yep, he's got the teeth and everything. Yeah, he does. I'm Donathan from Pike County, Kentucky. I am a castaway and survivor. What's going on? It looks like he's in a prison wearing that shirt, looking like an idiot. Anyway, <laughs> I may, I may so bring I have a him up more. For, yeah, let's hear. For, for both of you fellas that I've been meaning to ask you since before Christmas, just haven't gotten around to it. Is family obligated? And if so, to what level? So, like, here, here's here's the, the situation that happened that, that prompted this question. So, my mother's been married since before I've been married. So, nearly 10 years now, at this point, uh, to, to this man named, named, well, we don't need his name. But so, to this man who happens to have two sons, one of which was in my eighth grade graduating class. 
Um, now, he, you know, he's kind of a weird duck and he's kind of an independent dude. You know, the, the, the younger son is even weirder. You know, he's like heavily into internet, like never washes. He's really fat, but like, like super greasy. He's like the classic, like neck beard hmm. dude. Right. Um, so neither one of them, I, I guess, likes my mother or something. I have no idea what happened, but so my, our Christmas present to them this year was this like tree to, to, to my mom and, and her husband was this tree of pictures of all of us. You know, it was just like a nice like metal tree that had a bunch of branches and each branch had a little slot for like a wallet sized picture. Right. So uh, that's what we got them. And I, I hit up my, my stepbrother, I suppose we'll call him. Uh, and I was like, Hey man, so like, can I just get a picture of you and you know, insert other brother's name here? Like, I'm just trying to fill this picture. And like I texted him that and he didn't respond. And then later I was like, you know, nothing too fancy, just one of your faces. And then he responded, uh, uh, he's like, well, he said something to the effect of, uh, I'm going to have to ask that you just go ahead and leave me out of anything family related from here on. Hmm. I was like, right. Didn't, didn't offer anything else. Didn't say, Hey, like, fuck you or anything like that. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to have to decline. And then I'm going to ask that you, you know, leave me out that you exclude me from anything family related. And I was just like, well, I mean, that's completely fair. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you're, you're an adult. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and force that, you know, I'm not going to, <laughs> not going to delve because I don't necessarily know if that's my business. Yeah. Right. But like, you know, at the same time, like that's his dad. Right. Right. Like, and I don't have any connection to this man, but like that, you know, here's like his father. So he's just willing to like write off his father because of, you know, either some fight or, you know, some sort of action or behavior that he disapproves of most likely my mother realistically, but, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. Like the question stands, like, like, because my dad would absolutely, there is no line. Family is family, no matter what, and he's going to stick by his family's side, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I have a little bit of that, but I don't know that that's necessarily how I feel or where I stand on the spectrum. But uh, I mean, it's a quandary, you know. It's an interesting, because I, I certainly have lines for myself. Like, there's a line. Where it's like, no, dude, like if you cross this line, I no longer want to be associated with you, whether or not you're my blood, you know? Yeah. And I and I don't know if if this man has similar lines than me and those lines have been crossed, you know, or if it's just not an important thing for him. I have no idea. But it that was something that I'd never really experienced, just a willingness to just not be involved with family at all, you know? Yeah. I think, I think family, so speaking from some experience as a high school graduate as family and obligation and anything that you need to like really do anything about no i don't care my family oh great oh look i have a family cool i'm gonna go do my own thing but then as i started to build a family things started to be more of like oh my family should be involved so this is me as your as your step half step brother fella. Right, sure. Single S- adult, you're fine with it. Now single adult is like who cares? Yeah. And later on, it was like, ooh, I care a lot. But also from the from the James part of it, I'd say family, uh, worthwhile family, is an obligation because. I have family members who are like just a little bit too far removed from the core part of our family uh-huh. slash 
have too many strikes against them for me to care about them. Agreed. Agreed. I've, same, same. Yeah, I have a very small amount of my family that I actually even, like, pay attention to or remember their names, really. Right. Yeah. What about yeah. you, think? Yeah, no, that's exactly. It's kind of like, um, you know, it depends on... It's very dependent, like, almost on a person-to-person basis, you know, kind of the relationship that's there, how much effort they're putting into, you know, with the type of person they are. But family doesn't, yeah, doesn't inherently like mean anything extra you know oh yeah absolutely sure which is why i basically have no family that i know of or uh, am in contact with outside of parents grandparents cousins aunts and uncles right no grandparents and uncles no anything like that like once you hit (laughs) once you hit that (laughs) wall i don't know you who are you yeah exactly no no different than you know other acquaintances or Mm -hmm. whatnot that's interesting. But then I've got with my wife's family, there's all kinds of people and everyone's a cousin and I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> so my, and it's weird. Cause like they, they, they're polar opposites. My parents, my dad is like that. Like they, when he was a kid, they would all spend the week or the, the summer with one of the cousins and all like 10 of them or whatever it was. were just all hanging out together and like besties. For like, you know, they were all the same age and growing up. And so he wanted to instill that, but it's like we're, you know, far enough away. And my mom, you know, my grandma would would argue with her her uh, ex husband's sister over something petty. I don't even know what it was, but to the point that like they're not talking again for thirty years. And then my mom has to take it upon herself to like rekindle her relationship with her great aunt or with her aunt, you know, her her dad's sister because her mom has been having a feud for thirty years, and it's like, you know, so uh, you know. I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely family that it's like, I don't care about you. And it sucks that to say that out loud, but like, you're just another person. Like I'm oh, just yeah. like, you know, I had this, I had this sort of with my family, the kind of thing that you're talking about with my, uh, godfather. So my godfather, godmother were people who were very involved in our family. It was like, it was one of those things where it was like very clear when I was born and when my cousin was born, cause he had the same godparents. Um, it was like, yeah, these family friends that everyone loves and everyone gets along with, these are the godparents. Great. And then my godmother got cancer. I was probably five or so. And she died not long after that. And my godfather was the kind of guy, like, you know, these people who they can't, they can't be alone. Yeah. He almost immediately got remarried. My dad's that guy. Yeah, and and so he since he almost immediately got remarried, everyone in my family, other than me and my cousin, really were like they were like, oh, he did not love uh, his wife who died. Right, because, clearly, if it was that easy for him. Yeah, he didn't spend enough time uncontrollably weeping and not leaving his house, so he he hated her, and he's glad that she's dead, and so uh, they just cut him out. Yeah, and I, I've Jeez. I've you know, talked to him a couple of times since then and he doesn't really care because he's his own person and he's happily <laughs> right. married to a new woman. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's another interesting aspect where sometimes it's like everyone has a group. You all decided that we're just done with him now. Okay. Yeah. Well, so what do we do then? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> been voted off the island, but I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait a minute, don't I get a rebuttal? No. <laughs> I don't think I've heard anyone mention his name in 20 years. Oh my god. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very seriously. Jeez. I don't I don't understand it. They'll they'll talk about his wife all the time. <laughs> but him who's still alive, it's never Yeah, I don't know. He he might as well have died too. Maybe he's not doing anything of note. Maybe he's just hanging out doing the same stuff. He was a real interesting guy. I did this thing um when I was like sixteen and seventeen where I started being a real detective and I would start um looking through like my mom's things and my grandparents' things and stuff and finding the contact information of all these different people who were big in my dad's life and calling them as a, you know, junior in high school and meeting up with them for different reasons. And he was one of those people. And I went to, I went to lunch with him one day. I skipped school and went to lunch with him. And there was a lot of, uh, string theory discussed and stuff and I was not okay. ready for those conversations. Oh, no. <laughs> He's doing all kinds of stuff. Apparently he was writing a book at the time. I don't know. I've never really followed up. I'm going to I'm going to Google him right now while you guys continue with another aspect of conversation. <laughs> oh, ooh, does he yeah. have a Wikipedia so, page? What? Oh, wow. Well, that I, really? I hit entered Big too early, now. but uh, Google. No, that's not him. That's some. Oh, other... okay. Okay, sorry. False alarm. <laughs> yeah, got, got us all excited for nothing. All right, that's. Do you guys ever easy. randomly test to see if you have superpowers? Um, I thought I could see through things as a child. <laughs> yeah, I, when I was a kid trying to levitate things and like especially yeah. after harry potter but n- no not oh, no, sure. recently sure. Ooh. um how about you <laughs> do you do you know you, you know that thing where when you when you like your eyes are just the right amount of unfocused like if you have your fingers spread you can basically oh, yeah. see through your fingers even though you can't yeah. right sure that, yeah. that, that's what convinced me i could see through things oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah no more no less that was that's it. So, so James, do you have superpowers? Uh, I have a few, but like I, you know, the ones that I'm constantly testing I, are not there. But no, so like the I okay, realistically, like if I had anything that was close to superpower, it's my ability to mimic vocal sounds. Like it's really like ever since I was a kid, I could any sort of accent or sound that I could see somebody make with their mouth, I could do it. Right. So so mm. the the way that it translates is I sort of have uh, a sixth sense, I guess, about how somebody's mouth is positioned. Right. Like when someone talks, I can hear it. I can hear how their tongue rests in their mouth, if that makes sense. OK. Right. So that's it's, it's such a lame superpower. But the ones that I'm trying are like levitating shit or like reading minds or like, you know, now and again, if I'm fireproof, but I'm not. You know, because how do you know? How do you fucking know that you're you know immune to, to fireproof or like shock trauma you're, you know? you're a very good point james it's been a while since i set myself on fire yeah right with this fire constantly around you just touch it every now and again and fucking see that shit hurts you know don't do it anymore <laughs> i gotta stop looking up my godfather 
<laughs> Why? I don't know. Because I have nothing to go on other than his name, and it's his name is Kent Miller, and it's an incredibly oh, common oh, name. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's not like uh, his name is Guazu Babuda dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll find that guy. No problem. But you know where your dad like grew up, right? So Kent Miller in law. Well, in Stockton. He, right. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I kind of found him in Colorado here, because I'm kind of remember that he moved to Colorado. But you know, he also seemed like maybe the kind of guy who would do a lot of work to stay off the grid. Yeah, string theory. Maybe he figured it out. Maybe teleported. I don't know. I don't remember what he was saying about <laughs> string theory. I don't even remember what he did. Oh, he was a fire inspector. Ooh, that'll help. He was a fire inspector for the city of Stockton. Fire oh. inspector. Code consultant. There he is. Hey, buddy. LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> Sign in. Technology. So if this isn't him, then we need to move on to other topics. <laughs> Put in my password. Not now. This login seems suspicious. What? Please enter the verification code we sent to your email address. Oh, now this is taking a turn. Oh, wow. Now this is this is a whole thing. There we go. Dun, they just dun, dun. sent it. Here's your pin. Oh, that's a long pin. That's what she said. <laughs> and she wasn't lying. <laughs> Ooh, I gotta tell you guys about an escape room. We did an escape room yesterday. Ooh, oh, yeah? yay, where? Where? Um, uh, in East Stockton. Okay. Looks like to 2010? He was in town till 2010? Now he's a code consultant somewhere else. Okay, uh, this is him, but I don't know anything more. He's in Grand Junction, Colorado. Okay. So. There's um there are three escape rooms in Stockton. There's this one, um, East March Lane, March and West, that little parking lot where that little yeah. Walmart is. Okay, right, right. There's one in Lincoln Center, and there's one at College Square. College Square, right? Yeah. The one that we went to, it was my mom bought it as a group on it and gave it to us for Christmas. Oh, they do. Oh, nice. It was, was okay. it your first one. Yeah, yeah, first one ever. Okay. It was pretty. What good. was the theme? The theme was classroom, so the the, the storyline was we all had come to interview for a janitor position okay. <laughs> at, a, at a school, and on our way, as we all walked into the room, we noticed another man leaving the room seeming angry, and it turned out that he was the previous janitor, and he had been there for decades. Oh, man, and you got was, fucked up. Yeah, he, he was pissed that he got fired because they caught him stealing things. And so he set a bomb, and we had an hour to do all the well, different... Well, that's dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in a child's classroom. So <laughs> we we had an hour to figure out all the different things and finally open the little lockbox to hit the button to turn off the bomb. And did you did you win? We did. We had six and a half minutes left. When we hey, right on. Mm-hmm. But the, so the thing I learned is never to... A, I will now never be this guy, but do not ever do an escape room for the first time with someone who has done escape rooms previously. <laughs> so we were a, we were a group of four, 
we went in. My wife and I have never done it. The other guy with us had never done it. And one guy had done escape rooms like five times. So we go in and three of us are like trying to follow the narrative. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the other guy is turning everything upside down and throwing books around and finding all these clues. So he found like seven clues right away, but in the wrong <laughs> Before order. Before they meant anything. Before they meant anything at all. So we're like, I don't know what this – it says B9. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just trying to read this little thing on a laptop. Hang on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think partially for that reason, we got stuck a couple times. We were allowed three hints and we used two of them. There was a thing where you could hit this doorbell and then the person would come in. We'd be like, oh, we did this and this and now we're stuck and they – they would like say something cryptic and leave. And then oh, usually right. that would help us get to the next thing. <laughs> something cryptic. <laughs> I would like to go with you to one in Sacramento. And I, you know, I would go to you too, Zach. If you're into that, I'll let you go. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm done. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I say one in Sacramento is because I've gone to one in Modesto and it was similar to that. Um, so I'm imagining when you said school, I'm imagining it was a bunch of like drawers with locks on them and bags that are locked and like little like briefcases and backpacks that have locks on them. And you have to figure out the combinations and stuff like that. We had to. So the things that we had to open, there was there were two lock boxes on the wall. OK. Two separate ones. There were three drawers in the desk that we could not get to. And then the final one was we had to get, like, you know how people put the little lock over the thermostat in an office? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to get one of those off of the last little keypad in order to get to the button to turn off the bomb. Okay. And they were mostly mostly letters and not numbers. Okay. Okay. So the the one in Sacramento that I went to was a, a space escape. So that we were the we were on uh, a Mars colony slash laboratory uh, or in space and something had gone wrong and there was an alien there and we had to we had to escape. We had an hour to escape. Otherwise, the airlocks were going to just release us into space. Uh, And it was we walked into this room and there was this big, giant structure, not not giant, but like big enough to fit like two or three bodies in comfortably. It looked like that's what it was for. But then it was like pardoned off into like, so there was two halves and each half had a a fiber or a plexiglass plastic, like angular top that you could look into and two holes on each side. So you could reach into it and perform some little task. And then in the third section, there was a, um, uh, like a little puzzle block thing. And that was the, the ultimate thing that we were looking for in that room. And we, so we found it was three pieces of wood that had to go together in a specific way. And it took two of us, reaching through these little holes in this thing to put these pieces of wood together to open up this door. And then the door turned out to be another puzzle room that we had to solve within the next 15 minutes. Wow. Uh, and oh, it was, wow. Yeah, and it was so a whole bunch of physical, interactive puzzles. And it was amazing. It was it was like, and the, and the whole time they're, they're blaring, eh, 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 like, oh. like it's a real panic thing. So <laughs> oh we were like, <laughs> you know, flipping our shit, like breathing heavy and stuff. But it was real fun. It was a real you know, real adventure. So I would love to do one of those with you fellows. You know what? It's so I, I kind of wish, so ours was very low budget. Uh huh. Right. They, 
first of all, they were not great at English, and so ah. the there was one clue we never got the answer to, but we got all the other clues around it, so it didn't matter. <laughs> but there was one clue we never got the answer to because it was a problem that we all were too good at speaking English. Ah, uh, yes. So it was a there was a book, and in the book it was all pictures of faces. And then there was a little laminated clue that popped out and said, this is a book of what? And that was the answer to the thing. And, ah. and the answer was Facebook. Ah. <laughs> but the ah. answer to the question, oh this is a book of what, should not include the word book. Yeah. This is a book of yeah. what? Oh, this is a book of yeah. Facebook. No, it is not a book no. of Facebook. <laughs> it is a book of faces. This is a face of books. Damn it. And the other aspect was that they relied like way too heavily on this ultraviolet light to see all the invisible ink on like everything. Everything (laughs) in the room had little instructions in invisible ink. Yeah. But there was a cool aspect to getting all of the batteries to the flashlight. Yes. That... That sounds fun. Because one of them was like... There was one that was kind of like out in plain sight. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And then... Like, one of them was, like, one thing that they had said led me to open up this clock that was on the wall. Okay. And there's nothing in the clock. But then I noticed, hey, there's a battery in the clock. So I snatched the battery out of the um, clock, and it turns out to be that was that was the right thing to do. Yes, correct. Yeah, so stuff like that. It was very interesting. A good rule of thumb, if you see something sitting around during one of these exercises, grab it. Yeah, they had, they had put stickers on everything we shouldn't grab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not touch this. With a picture of a this hand with like the move, line but not through come it. Out. Yeah, they yeah. told us they were yeah. like, it, you might get into the moment and think that you need to grab right. everything. Things you don't need to grab, we have labeled. <laughs> the posters stay here. <laughs> don't yeah. rip them off, please. They had a little fan. And so at a certain point, I was like, oh, clearly there's a clue in this fan. So I dismantled the entire fan. And it turns out that it was, it was just a fan. Just a fan to clear you guys off. You got too hot. Yeah. You know. That's fun. But also there was something involving a light switch and a light switch broke uh, almost immediately upon us touching it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I want to go to a better one. Like Sacramento sounds great. I want to go to a better one in Stockton. I, it sounds like I'm going to one in two weeks in College Square. This one was called the Xscape Room. So it was E-X-C-A-P-E-E. Just, no, just ah, e. yes. And you thought that was a play on words, but it was uh, just how I'm they thought it was spelled. Pretty sure there was a misspelling. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still fun. Escape. They're always fun, but Jenny had a good point. Like, what if I failed one? Would I still think they're fun? I'm not so sure. I've only done two. And you and you won both times. Correct, yeah. One was yeah. with my niece for her birthday, and one was with two other dudes who were fairly smart. Okay. Well, don't go with Israel, because he'll ruin everything. <laughs> oh, was he the one who had done it before? That's yes. Fantastic. Yeah, and he seemed like the hyper guy who would just go and flip everything over, like, what is this? Yeah. It's great. Everyone was so high energy, I immediately just stepped back and waited to be called upon. So I, I solved three major mysteries that helped us get there. Uh, and I, they solved all the little ones in between and some major ones. And it was just like, I'm not getting in the middle of this. What were they? <laughs> the ones that you solved? Uh, one of them was 
to get like one letter, it was like, if X is, if everything is in order, what does X equal? And it went, oh man, hang on. I have to pull up a little reference for myself so I don't sound like an idiot. Do, do, do. It went X, F, M, A, M, X, X, A, S, O, N, D. X is J. Those are the first letters of the months of the year. Oh, how did you figure that out? Huh. I was asked to figure it out. That's the kind of thing I'm pretty good at. And so there's a point where my wife is like, hey, you're good at this stuff. What is that? And I'm like, okay, what do you need me to solve? They're like, they, they, they explained it. So then I looked and I looked and I went, uh, X is J. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now I don't remember what the other ones were. I know there were three. There were three points where I did it. And they're so rewarding when that happens. You're like, so yes, rewarding. it's more. It's like a crossword puzzle times ten. Like, right? ha, my brain has done this because it's such an addicting thing. Because you're trying to stop a fake bomb. Come on, everybody. Come on. Right, right. Or I'm trying to <laughs> save myself from this monster. Yeah. Oh, the clock battery was another one. Oh yeah, the clock battery. It's a good one. Yeah, escape rooms. Close calendar. Close LinkedIn. I have been paying too much attention to LinkedIn <laughs> while we've been talking. There's nothing. Do you guys when have LinkedIn pages? No. No, no I, don't. I don't. Brian. Brian Some... does. Oh, does he? A friend of the show, Brian. He's one of my 11 connections. What do you do with that? I don't do LinkedIn. anything with it. I, what is it for? It's supposed to be like a way, especially if you're sort of a marauding sort of guy, like if you're a Mr. Consultant, you... Mm-hmm really fill out your LinkedIn page and say everything that you do for work and stuff and everything you have done and and things like that and people you've worked with. And then it's an easy way for if you're trying to get on as a consultant for some firm or whatever, then they can go like, Oh, look at this guy. He's, we love, we love all of his connections. Okay. I mean, that's yeah, and almost like a, it's been songs that have been on there, but almost like a type of online resume type of thing, but your connections can look at and stuff. Oh, almost exactly. I and I do not, I do not treat it with the gravity that it asks of me. Yeah. <laughs> so my picture of, is of me looking looking kind of scared, but in a funny way. <laughs> and it says like in in like a Playboy bunny way, like oh, what's Ooh. this? Like tilting your shoulder? No, no. Or it's like... more it's more like me <laughs> me making this noise, like me going ah. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> I know that face. <laughs> and so let's see let's see let's read my linkedin page so christopher martin house manager at lincoln unified um experienced facility manager with a demonstrated history of working in the performing arts industry skilled in acting musical theater sound design audio editing and audio mixing wow i don't think i wrote this <clears throat> strong operations professional who graduated from franklin high school who did write this? Is this even you? I think they kind of amalgamated all the actual information I inputted and did that. It's my experience. My two jobs in the actual field where I work, um, where I graduated from high school, a couple of skills. Ooh, my accomplishments. I can speak one language. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only accomplishment. I can speak English. 
Hey, that's a pretty damn good accomplishment. I'm proud of you. Thank yeah. you. And then skills, theater, performing arts, lighting, industry knowledge, stage management, musical theater, entertainment, arts administration, drama, audio editing, live sound, sound design. How often do you update this thing? Uh, I have not updated it in a l- almost two years. Oh, okay. Okay, so never. Yeah. <laughs> I, I made it. Yeah. <laughs> Interpersonal skills, acting, other skills, theatrical production, sound mixing, and typing at 79 words per minute. And there you have it. Are those true? Yeah. Wow. I, I work very hard at my typing speed. Like you constantly like try and maintain it or you just happen to type a lot? No, I constantly try and maintain it. I go to typing.com or typingtest.com or whatever. Oh, I love those things. Yeah. And I just, I just work very hard. So, so we didn't learn Mavis Beacon. Zach and I went to a weird school where... Yeah, I was just going to bring this up if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. We went to a weird school where from second or third grade through eighth grade, they focused very heavily on having us type quickly and accurately. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I wish that was true for me. At least at least two hours a week was spent in the computer lab, and we would do these tests. It was crazy tests, where they would take the little booklet with the copy that you were supposed to type and cover the monitor with it, yep. and then put a towel over your hands, mm-hmm. and then be like, go. You have one minute. Type as much Did as you can. Did you go to Nazi school? What is this? <laughs> No, it just happened to be that was the computer. Yeah. That was most of the computer uh, curriculum. There, there was yeah, also like to... PowerPoint and Excel, a little bit stuff in there, but it was mostly yeah, about typing bit. quickly and accurately. Man. Yeah, and if I remember right, once we were done with that, we they let us play these little games, but which normally just ended up being like other types of typing games. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Dude, no, <laughs> they. I had an entirely different computer experience at school. They, like, there was a small focus on typing, but it was like, so, like, here's a song, right? And I'm going to sing it for some of our viewers. A-S-D-F-J-K-L semicolon. That's it. And then <laughs> and then you do, like, ten minutes of typing, and then you go on to these stupid click and point games, such as Odell Lake, which was great for math, uh, or Math Mountain, I believe, which you had to ascend the mountain, at, like, and battle trolls. I played this. And it was elves. on Mac, right? Yes, it was on Mac. Yes, yep. and you had to, and you battled them by besting them at weighing stuff or uh, throwing snowballs at them. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, right. It was that, perfect. That sounds familiar. Yeah. For yeah, us, it so... was more about uh, learning learning both Herzog and Dvorak keyboard training and uh, being able to differentiate. Both of those the things two. mean nothing to me. <laughs> I know. These are these are when you get <laughs> beyond Mavis Beacon. Then you're learning either Herzog or Dvorak. Dvorak is the you know how you have the little nubbins on F and J on your keyboard? Yeah. Sure. That's Dvorak, and that it focuses mainly on that. But Herzog is DK, the ones in between. Okay. You keep your middle fingers on D and K. Okay. And, yeah, so for that reason, yeah. to this day, I have a typing speed of 79, which I, I maintain. I don't, like, spend hours sweating over it, but I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I do my best to maintain it. Huh. Son of a bitch. I meant, like... Probably thirty on a good day. I, I think only I think only three fingers on each hand are actually typing on any given oh. <laughs> session. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite as good as, as CJ is anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I, last time I checked, I was 
hovering between 60 and like mid 70s. I I was going to give up on it, Zach, and then yeah. during my my one year of college, I was out looking for jobs. And one of the jobs I went for and then got but didn't take be, for complicated reasons, but um was like you know when they call a doctor after hours and it goes to an answering service? Yeah. Like to be the answering service and answer and oh, write okay. out what the person was saying was and then calling about. And then like page it to the doctor or whatever. And they were like, Hey, we'll just do a quick typing test just to see how you are at typing and they were so blown out of the water at my like even at, at that time, I had let it go for a long time, so it was probably like 70 words per minute. Oh, man, what the hell? And they were, <laughs> but, but they were blown out of the water, like, oh, my God. And so from then on, I was like, okay, this is like a good skill to have and a skill I should maintain because it's not hard to maintain that. Yeah, no, it's it's even though mine's deteriorated, uh, you know, compared to what it was, because I think they used to, we used to have to be at least like 70 words per minute is what yeah. they wanted. Yeah. Um, and Hillary was at 90. Yeah. That, I remember she always kind of led the way if I remember right <laughs> for that. Yeah. But, um, you know, there, there's times at work where I, I don't even do most of the typing because we have text for that, but there's times I just want to kick them off the computer because it's like, you guys do this doing? all day and you're, <laughs> Your your word speed is like probably like twenty words a minute. You know, yeah. come on now. <laughs> Just because I'm so used to it being, you know, getting it drilled into me as a kid, it's like, yeah, ugh. yeah. So yeah, apparently, yes, we did go to a Nazi school because we're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, we do three times the national average. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool. Come <laughs> roll, guys. What's the national average? USA national. Uh. But I did have a chess club that I was a part of. If that, it, it, it's a weird. I would have rather yours, but mine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at chess, but I can I can uh, type very fast. Wow. Oh man, I yeah, I can do the four move kill like that. Boom, shakata, which is great if a person doesn't know how to play chess. You're like, oh, you want to bet? Yeah, four four moves. But if you do know how to play chess, it's really easily blocked. Guess guess what the fastest words per minute is in the English language? Uh, 120. Zach? I can't guess because I was Googling average typing okay. in the U.S., so I know. 216. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's insane. So, and then it says, girls practice typing more often than boys, but boys generally show better results. So the average for men is 44, and the average for women is 37. Words per or accurate? Uh, well, in general, you take off words for accuracy. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you spell it wrong, it does not go into your thing, depending on how you rate it. It's either if you spell it wrong, it does not count, or if you spell it wrong, it counts as half or that kind of thing. Yeah, I see. I see. Average computer typist is 41. Age? Uh, no, 41 words per minute is the oh. average. Hey, I could be a typist. There you go. Wow. Average accuracy. Average typist makes eight typos for every hundred words type. So average accuracy Dude, is 92. With, yeah. with 79 per minute, you could be like a translator for, for deaf, for a TTY, like a phone phone company. Is that true? I keep yeah, looking at things to do at home. 65, I think, is for that. And you've got a Mac. Check I, that out. Yeah, I want to caption because I want to caption television. The captioning is so bad. 
And every time I see the captioning, I'm like, I could do so Sometimes much better than that. they're not even trying. Like, right? They're so, just, like, uh, like, making... Like, 11 o'clock at night, they just stop giving a shit. <laughs> <laughs> just like you're still reading this shit. But I don't like, literally not even words that are just, like, letters to fill your space, you fucker. All right, I know this... it's one guy just sitting in there. This this infographic is getting very interesting. So James, so first of all, it's the, I'm looking at the age distribution for how yeah. fast to type. Okay. Uh, under 18s are the highest, which does it makes total sense because these oh, yeah. are the people in school <laughs> being trained. Right. That's what they need. Right. Over 45s are the next highest, and these are people. I'm certain who were taught to type on a typewriter. And so, again, it was really yep. drilled into Maybe speaking. Yep. So, James, are you over 35? Because I don't actually know. I'm not. I'm 30. I'm a, I will be 33 on May 10th. Okay, so you're in our bracket, where we yep. are third highest average typing speed. Correct. It goes under 18, 45 plus, 18 to 24, then 25 to 34, 34. And 35 to 44 is the lowest. By uh, quite a bit. Yeah. By like a lot. I feel like the 18 to 24, 25 to 34, and 45 plus are all kind of in the same ballpark. Yeah. Like under 18, like looking at the, the Yeah, graph, it's basically the same number, even though there are differences. Within a few, yeah. yeah. You know, eight, We've all had under 18, tools. way, way up. It's double everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's interesting, then, though, is I, wait, wait, wait. I think Sorry. we're going to start seeing a decline. I agree. Because instead, what's happening is everything is a touchscreen now. And, and there's, like, no one's having to type out full sentences. No, it's more complicated than that. So, first of all, there's that. But the more complicated version is that there's not the, the keyboard size, shape, and use differs wildly from yeah. one thing that you're using to another. Yeah. Even if you're attaching a computer to your iPad and you're using a MacBook and an iPad and an iPhone, those are amazingly different keyboards. Even between my MacBook here in front of me and my iMac at work, which are about the same year and everything, that's very different keyboards. So it's hard to get the rhythm of the shape of a keyboard when they're all different. But we all grew up in the PC age where everything was exactly the same. This is the shape one of uniform keyboard. keyboard size, yeah, and everything, yeah. Unless At least a... they are—they're not making new keyboard orders and shit. Yeah, oh, Lord. <laughs> I forget why there was a weird reason why the keyboard is the way it is in America. Why is the keyboard out of order? Why is the keyboard laid out like it is? It was something like people were getting lazy. I heard this story before. No, I thought it had to do with the fact that, like, there were certain groups of letters that were specifically yeah. together a lot in American words. And so you are uh, typewriters um, saying were it correct. exactly as I am reading it. Yes. Yeah. So type. Yeah. Typewriters were getting stuck. Right. So they had to figure out yeah. a, a different grouping. When people use typewriters, it used to be in alphabetical order, but the most common letters were not grouped together, so they moved them into logical groups. The most common letters are under the left hand because the typewriter carriage return lever was on the right of the machine, so you wanted to be typing mostly with your left hand so you could go ding with your right. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. Next question. What does a keyboard look like? Answer. It looks like a flat mm. rectangle board with square little keys on it and a big space key which is a rectangle on the edge. 
<laughs> Look up keyboard on the see... internet and go on images. Sorry. Have you ever <laughs> seen the movie Sphere? Sphere. New. No. Sounds familiar, but it's um... a Michael Crichton novel. Okay, that's where it sounds. I haven't seen the movie and I haven't read the book, but I've heard of it. Wait, say 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 it again. Michael Crichton. No, no, no. Sphere. The name of the it's just Sphere, like the shape. Yeah, Sphere. Yeah, okay, because I know a Michael Crichton novel called State of Fear, which is amazing. Oh, State of Fear, which is abbreviated as Sphere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, so yeah, no, it's got so it's got Sharon Stone and uh, Dennis Hop- Hoffman and. Um, Jason Isaacs and Samuel L. Jackson. And the whole premise is there is an alien sphere located at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, and they've discovered it. No one knows what it is, but they send a bunch of the top scientists down to go and, and figure out what it is what it, and what it's doing. Uh, and they, when they go in, or they look at it, and then all of a sudden they find themselves inside it. And then they find that they all have the power to change reality but not they don't really know that that's what it is what happens is all of their worst fears start manifesting Mm. and so then somebody realizes like hey like this is because we all now have the power to change reality and we're humans so we're only thinking about the shit that we're afraid of so that shit is coming to fruition and 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 becoming you know and existing you know and it's a really it's really interesting like trippy like cerebral Mm. like very scary story Huh. You know, uh, but yeah, yeah. but so there's a part in it when they're trying to communicate because at first, like there's an entity that they're calling Jerry, who lives within the sphere, and they're somehow able to communicate with it. And then Samuel L. Jackson, whose character is kind of like autistic, like figures out like because Jerry just keeps typing like weird letters and symbols, and we don't understand what it is, but they keep coming back on the on the computer screen. And Samuel L. Jackson figures out that if you were to take a keyboard and put it on the outside of sphere. That is how his language would translate, and so he figured that out. And like, there was an, a math algorithm that he, that he was able to use to commun- to translate that into communicating with the sphere based on the, a keyboard being wrapped around a sphere. That's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, and that's what uh, that's what reminded me of it. Huh. It's a great film. If, you, if you've not seen it, you should absolutely check. Yeah, it out. No, it looks like a, it's a great cast, and it's Michael. It's Clinton, scary. It's which real is scary. Drama, horror, mystery is how it's listed in that order. Yeah. Yeah, they and they all do a really, really fine job of like bringing you into this world. They're all individual characters that like have a life and a backstory and like, hmm. you know, and each every single one of them, when their fear comes up, like you see it, you know, Sharon Stone, Dustin Hoffman becomes like a little baby child when his fear happens. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, that'd be mine. That That's what happened when I smoked salvia. No, like he didn't actually become one. He like acted like a child acts when he saw his fear, which was snakes. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Mine, mine would be that I became a child. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that would oh that would suck within this because you're just useless then. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, but the, you wait. So you smoke salvia and you became a child. Explain. Let's let's talk about that. Let's delve. Okay. Right, let's circle back to you, that. You ever smoke salvia? Me? Yes, yeah. multiple times. Zachary. No, I doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Second, if you had a cigarette, it's legal though. That's funny. Have I had what? a cigarette? No. Yeah. I've had um, cigars, but not cigarettes. Okay. That's fair. It's a salvia is like like I the way it was. James probably knows way more about the science of this, and maybe you do too than I do. 
the way it was pitched to me was it was kind of like weed, but it wasn't as bad. <laughs> it's funny. It was pitched to me like it's kind of like mushrooms, but not as long. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, here's yeah. Here. Looks looks more. Um, I'm not very familiar with salvia, but the brief little uh, reading I'm doing on it. You can buy it at Home Depot. I know that because I remember when I worked at Lowe's, it was like, what? Why are you selling salvia? And it's just a flower. Yeah. It's just like a like yeah. a common flower. Well, so the, what you, you smoke is the extract. Oh, the okay. concentrated. You can actually smoke the dried leaf, you know, for, for just kind of a weird high. But when the stuff that you get, like a head shop that you're smoking is, is extracted and concentrated. I don't know what it was. It looked like weed, so I think it was the... The leaves. The leaves, yep. And I think there were seeds in there, too. Oh, sure. I don't know. So, so how did you feel? Well, here's what happened. So, <laughs> went with my roommates, and we all were like, ah, we're going to do this thing. And so, I took my hit, and then, like, I went immediately, like, I went, buh. And I just lost. I just didn't pay attention to any of my muscles and just let everything go limp. So the cherry of the little thing in the glass pipe fell onto my pants. Oh, man. And then I had this weird time of, like, trying very hard to pick up the cherry and put it back in the pipe. <laughs> of course. That's what initially your first shot. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so, so like, my first one, like, I did, like, a half thing, and then I did that one when that all happened. So it, like, hit me, like, like that, like nothing. Like, boom, you're here you are. You have smoked salvia. <laughs> and so I, I'm not sure if it took me 10 minutes or if it took me one second to pick up the cherry in the ashes and put it back into the pipe. It took an amount of time. And then I fell over onto the yeah. ground. <laughs> of course. And the carpet where I was looked enough like my childhood quilt that I was sort of like, Oh. Transported back to your childhood. I am four, and I'm in my bed. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so then my roommate leaned over, and he was videotaping me. And I've never seen this video now that I think of this. Like, he had a video camera. He was videotaping me. And he was like, hey, are you all right? And so I was like, oh, there's a man there with a video camera. That's my dad. So it's my course, father clearly. taking a video of me. It's a home video. <laughs> it's a home video. And then, like, I don't really remember what much except for feeling real weird the rest of the night and just, like, just doing everything by suggestion where people would be like, hey, you should go home. And I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go home. And then... <laughs> You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Getting home and then just yeah. kind of standing there and another roommate going like, hey, you going to go to bed? Right? And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm going to bed. I lay down, stare at the ceiling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that, that, yeah, that's me on Salvia. And it was a nightmare. The whole thing was a nightmare. I know I'm describing you... things that sound just very regular, but, yeah, in, but in no, it, it, that was a nightmare. <laughs> There's a gentleman who had a video series on YouTube for a while called you know, doing blank on salvia. The first one, the very first one that he ever came out with was driving on salvia. I think that's the very first one that I saw at least. And it was, it's hilarious. So it starts out as this guy and he's like, um, listen, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to go out here. We're going to drive around the corner. We're going to turn. We're going to park. We're going to parallel park. We're going to make a three point turn. We're going to come back and we're going to park right back in my driveway. He's like, but first we're going to take a hit of our salvia. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes a hit. And then he holds it, and he's like, now, 
It's very important when you're doing your salvia that you hold your breath until your vision starts to vibrate. And so he does that, <laughs> which is true. I think I remember being listeners. told that. Yeah. Yeah. For our, for our listeners who are who are attempting to do salvia, do it in a safe environment yes. first. But second, hold it, hold your breath until your vision starts to vibrate. So uh, he gets there and he takes his hit. And then he's like, OK, now we're going to put the keys in the car. And he holds the keys up for like a minute. And then he just <laughs> drops the key down and he just like. Like holds his like he, he releases his breath and he's like whoa he's like I held that one in for really long you know and then he's yeah. hanging out and he's like yeah I mean he, he literally does nothing he doesn't drive and then all <laughs> of a sudden like and he's just he's talking like a whole bunch of nonsense and all of a sudden he freaks out and like takes a huge like <gasps> like gasp in and then the camera pans over and a cat had jumped onto the hood of the car and he like was beside himself <laughs> and like lost his shit. <laughs> uh so the one one of them he has called gardening on salvia and he's like now listen he's like this is my plant here it's this whatever plant it is he's like i'm gonna plant it right next to the other plants that i've done and the way that i'm gonna do that i'm gonna dig this hole i'm gonna put the i'm gonna transplant this plant in here i'm gonna cover it back up with dirt but first i'm gonna take my hit and he takes his hit and he lays down <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do a damn thing for a couple of minutes and then he just starts laughing <laughs> yep. Uh, so, so me personally, so the most like like hallucinogenic experience that I've ever had, the most vivid hallucination that I've ever taken part of was as a result of salvia. And I've done mushrooms, and I've done acid, and I've done ecstasy once, right? So, um, I was <laughs> I was sitting on my bed, and Jenny had just done it. And uh, she she felt like she was like sliding on a merry-go-round the whole time. Uh, and so so I did it and she convinced me to lay down afterwards. So I lay down and I fell backwards. I did a backflip uh, in my mind. Not really, but I'm because I'm laying down still. But I did a backflip and I landed into Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Oh, the 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 <laughs> setting for that. And all of the characters are around me and I'm in the middle of a barn. Right, and I was like, "Hey," and I'm talking to them, and all of a sudden, I backflipped back into my house where I live with Jenny, and I looked at her, and I was like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I have to go back," and she goes, "Okay," and then I backflipped back into the Dr. Quinn. It is about 15 times, right? And, and, and so I started getting sick of it, I getting upset, and I, every time I flipped back into my house, I would look at her and be like, "Hey, it's okay. Like, I'm sorry. It, it, it's almost done. It, we're we're gonna get through this. I'm sorry." Each time I would flip back in, and, and so. When, when I went to Dr. Quinn, they started, like, doing the whole thing where, like, a person grabs your arms and your legs, and then they're, they're going to swing you, like, heave, ho, like, one, yeah, two, three, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, and then each time they flipped me back, and I kept telling her, like, I'm sorry, it's going to be done, right? And so they would flip me back, and, it, and so finally it was done. And I, I, sat, I sat up, and she's like, are you okay? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm sorry to keep worrying you like that. And she goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like all those times where I said like we're gonna get through this and like yeah, like I'm sorry like I'm sorry she's like no she's like you didn't say a fucking thing to me <laughs> she was like you just kept moving your head from the left to the right <laughs> I was like oh you see that so, yeah, that was it's it's a it's such a weird it, I'm I'm on the I've been on the Wikipedia page for Salvia this whole time and it's interesting how little is known about it because no one cares right. enough to actually do any research. Cause it lasts for 10 minutes and you're done. Yeah. 
but so for me, that is like the day I smoked salvia was the day I stopped enjoying smoking weed. Right. Because from then on, every ting- single time I smoked weed, it would be just enough like when I smoked salvia that I was like, this is bad. I right. don't, I don't like this. I don't like who I am. Bleh. And, and See, so I, that's part of why I've never really been able to smoke weed since then. Cause I had a great time up until I smoked salvia. That's interesting. <laughs> the first, the very first time I smoked it, it was just the leaf and I saw the street roll like a wave, like an ocean wave. Woo. So it's like, so for me, it's more like, so since I went back to childhood for whatever reason, uh, every time you smoked, it was right there. No, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't quite that. It was more like, you ever hear the stories about how when you're doing coke, like one of the times that you're doing cocaine, if you're real into coke, but there's a time where you maybe lean over the mirror to do the coke and you, you catch a glimpse of your reflection with the oh, straw yeah. up your nose about to do a line of coke. Yeah. There you go. Oh, <laughs> and you kind of have second thoughts about your entire life. So yeah. it's more like that. It's like for me smoking weed, every time I would look in the mirror, it was more like my six year old self was looking at who I was today and judging. And that judgment now, okay. meant more than anything else I'd ever experienced. What if, and here's the hypothetical, like, you know, meta type nonsense. What if you did? What if in that moment you were somehow connected to your consciousness at six? Uh, I don't, I, my six year old self would not understand anything that was going on. <laughs> no, of course. Of course not. And you wouldn't be able to process it as anything other than a bad dream. Yeah. Right? Do you remember all the dreams you had when you were six? What if that was a thing that just happened, like the butterfly effect? What if you just, like, in that, in, like, ingesting this psychoactive, like, substance, were able to somehow transcend space and time and communicate with yourself in a past existence. I don't know. This doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound, I'm not getting convinced <laughs> to go listen, smoke listen, some listeners, weed. Listeners, time travelers possible. Oh, go smoke some salvia. Go smoke no. some salvia. You will be <laughs> yourself it. 20 years it. ago. If you're going to smoke salvia at all, sit in a safe environment with a watcher. Have one person be sober. You'll think you can stand up. Jenny's brother, one time, was watching. We were watching cartoons, and he did it. It was the very first time, and he there was a, a cartoon plane flying, and he was he looked at me and goes, "Should I go?" And stood up, and I was like, "No, no, you should not go. <laughs> Sit down." He was about to jump, jump into your into television the cartoon. Yeah. Yes, because he was going to fly around with the cartoon plane. Like nobody, you need to sit the fuck down. So have a have a sober, you know. Oh, it's all, that's important for almost anything. Anything in your yeah. life. I well, don't even care if it's alcohol. Someone needs to be sober around there. Mushrooms? You need to be with somebody who has done mushrooms a bunch before. But having a sober person on mushrooms will harsh you out most likely. Most oh, of the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just made fun of it, the, the couple of times yeah. I was the sober guy and I've never done mushrooms. Yeah. The couple of times they I was around them, I just they, was making yeah. fun of them and they didn't I, like it. Yeah. <laughs> There was these two chicks one time. The best mushroom trip that I ever had. There were these two chicks watching, and we were like, when when it first started, we started like noticing everything happening. All four of us were like, "This is amazing!" And the two chicks were like, "I don't get it." And I looked at one of them, and I was like, "Of course you don't 
get it, dude. Like, dude, how dare you? Like, I'm disgusted by her. Like, of course you don't fucking get it. You don't talk to me. Why are you comparing yourself to me? Yeah. Yeah, well, no, like, you didn't take this shit. Like, you're not seeing this amazing wonder of the universe. Like, shut your face. (laughs) (laughs) Not comparing, but, like, don't bring me down, bro. Yeah, that's that's true. I shouldn't have done that. It was very rude of me. But <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's this guy. Someone who's never done it has, doesn't understand what that's like. Like you, you might have realistically caused somebody to like have their entire world come crashing down and have the walls start breathing fire and shit. You know, as far as you I know, that didn't happen. I was weren't. there from start to finish. But yeah, yeah, most of the time, as long as you're amongst friends, most of the time it's fine. Yeah. That was that was back when uh, Zach. Did I ever tell you about my dumb friend George in that specific phrasing? Uh, Wait, not is that it I the, the simple person we were talking about? The what? Simple. Simple. Remind me. We were talking the other day. He has a brother that we know. Oh no 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 no. Okay. No no different George different George. No, I wouldn't I call you. that guy George. I, mean, okay. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't call that guy dumb. Sorry. Oh, I got I'd absolutely call him George because that's his name. I wouldn't um, call that guy George. What? <laughs> fuck him. No, no, no. I had this. Okay. I had this friend. I always called him my dumb friend George, and it was it was him who was on the. So I was always. I always had a nice time making fun of him for being my dumb friend George. Even though, like he was smart enough in many ways, but so often he would just say something and be like, "What are you talking about? You fucking idiot." But um, apparently I started calling him my dumb friend George too often because at a certain point we had this big crying fight argument about it. No. <laughs> it was real bad. But I was also th- – th- that kind of goes to something I don't – I, I want to ask you guys about. Uh, I may have started talking to you about this the other day, James. But uh, do you guys ditch friends? Sometimes. And so I talking about my partying to my wife and to people like that, I realize, especially through my party phase, which lasted most of my 20s slash teens, um, I have created a group of friends that I party with and then ditched them and then created another group and then ditched them. And so I'm like eight to ten party groups deep. But so I guess, friends. yeah. Yeah, I guess that same pattern sort of. Because I don't hang out with anyone anymore. You know, you move on new groups, theater, you know, specifically. But, like, yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah. And and Facebook has sort of helped me to do that. Yeah. In so far as, like, deleting my Facebook. Now I've ditched everyone, effectively. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, and even with Facebook, like I, I, like, I would see them. I would see all of the stuff that's going on in their life. Like, and they would comment on my things, but, like, I would never hang out with, like, 98% of the 300 friends that I had, 450 friends that I had. My wife has this where she shows me something, and I'm like, oh, who put that up? And she'll tell me the name. I'm like, oh, who's that? And she's like, oh, I took dance class with them when I was 10. Once. What? (laughs) Because I had a rule that I would only be friends with somebody if I had hung out with them. Like, if I physically remember a time that I hung out. I used to I do I did uh did this every six months. I did a purge of Facebook friends and so I would do an announcement and say something along the lines of uh just an FYI, if we haven't spoken in any way and I was including, you know, texting and 
Facebook messaging and stuff like that. All of it. And communicate. But if, yeah, but if we have not communicated in the last year, I am going to delete you from my Facebook friends. Did that cause an influx in people going, hey, I'm here. Me. At first, and then after a few years, I pretty much had gotten rid of all of the people who were just the hangers-on kind of people because they had already muted me from the feed. Like they didn't even see that post. Right. <laughs> I right. would give them twenty-four hours notice and be like, "Hey, in twenty-four hours, I'm going to delete everyone I haven't <laughs> talked to in a year. So uh, just uh, talk to me if you want to." And yeah, so that that worked out well. Zach, Facebook how are, evicted. How, yeah, Zach, how are you at, at ditching ditching friends? Uh, I I don't feel like I've ever had to actively ditch them, you know, fall, you know, kind of uh, fallen apart slowly. Actively yeah, is a strong but... term. Yeah. Even when I'm talking about my groups of party friends, okay. Okay. most of the time it was just that there was a lull and I never reinstated communication. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. There's been like one or two where I'm actively like, uh, I'm going to block your shit and I'm just going to ghost. Yeah, that's pretty rare, but mo- mostly it's that, like, I look back two years later and I go, oh, I haven't talked to Sharan in in, a, in two years. <laughs> Do I need to? I used to go to parties at her house three times a week. Oh, hmm, okay, guess I'm not friends with her anymore. <laughs> See, I feel like it's kind of a form of hoarding. Yes. You know, and, and it's a weird like social hoarding, because it doesn't take up any space, you know, except for your mental space. Like it it's takes a, up it's space in your mind, is what collective. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. You guys oh. ever watch the movie hmm. uh, Dreamcatchers? Dreamcatcher, rather. Maybe, I think maybe it's just based on a Stephen King novel. I'm uh, not so- seeing it. I did read the book a long time ago, though. Okay, so there's a group of friends who, when they're younger, there's like an, a weird. They, they're friends with like an autistic kid and there's a weird uh, monster that they're sort of like they draw comics. One of them draws comics and they fight a monster. And then it uh, turns out that like when they grow up, the monster comes back and like the autistic guy who's now an adult um, is like like has sort of psychically called all of these friends from different parts of the world to come back and sort of help them fight this monster. Whoa, which turns I, out to be- hang on. I'm so surprised I haven't seen this movie. It's written by one of my favorite screenwriters, and it start three out of the four dudes are like my favorite dudes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to talk any more about this. We should talk about this next time. Um, but well, I'm going to talk one thing about it. One of the characters in this talks about having a mind mansion, uh, which the autistic kid sort of helped him create this idea, wherein you store mind palace. every memory that you have. What? Mind, I, I I know it more it as is. a mind it's palace. It's the mind palace. Yeah, it's the mind palace. But but they call it a mansion. So I've heard. Or I've also heard mansion, but I've mostly heard palace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. But so it's essentially that. But so they, uh, one of the characters does that, and and uh, yeah, it's great. I don't know why I started talking about yeah. that. No, I have a small amount. It's, it's something that I've tr- I've always tried to. I've never built a full mind palace, but I have a small amount of mind palace. Yeah. Where through references to this and that, I can I can almost always find the thing. Yeah, and it's yeah. And it's a visual thing. I like I could close my eyes and go, and then go, oh yes, this got it, and actually categorize it as yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, you really need to watch this movie, and then we need to convene again. William Goldman, you know William Goldman 
created Princess Bride out of thin air. Really? Yeah. He wrote this movie. It's based on Stephen King's novel, but it was... But he wrote the movie. He, he was the screenwriter. Yeah. Right yeah. on. He created uh, uh, Princess Bride out of thin air. And so See, the, I thought that was like a novel. That was that, That's amazing. It's a novel that he wrote and pretended to be the edited version of a novel by someone else. <laughs> exactly. And he also exactly. wrote another novel that he pretended to be written by the same guy called The Silent Gondoliers. It's an amazing book. It's very short if you ever want to pick it up. It's so short. It's a the story of how Venetian gondoliers, it used to be this uh, this fraternity where you had to pass a very specific set of tests in order to be a gondolier as far as like okay. your gondola expertise. And right. you had to be one of the greatest singers in the world because all of the greatest singers in the world were gondoliers. <laughs> to create the romantic freaking ambiance. Yeah. But then due to the things that happen in the story, the gondoliers are now silent because they are uh, honoring this one guy who was ten times the gondolier any of them were but could not sing. So uh, okay. in reverence okay, to so. him, none of them sing anymore. But they have to be the best singers still? I don't I don't, I don't remember if it goes into that. It's mostly That's a historical awesome. narrative. Okay. But The Silent That's Gondoliers, quote-unquote, by Samuel Morgenstern, mostly actually by William Goldman. Okay. I'll check well, that out. William Goldman, what was his other... He had a real... He had a couple big, big boys. Let's see. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Okay. All the President's Men. Marathon Man. Yeah, he's done a ton. He's been around, is what you're saying. Yeah. Screenwriter. What do we got? Flowers for Algermon, Masquerade, Charlie, Moving Target, Harper. Dude, Flowers for Algernon. Have you fellas read that book or watched that movie? No. I've heard it's... Like, really crazy, if I remember it. Whoa! The book is based on the movie. William Goldman came up with all of Flowers for Algernon. Dude, what? That blows my mind a little bit, because that was like a literary must for like... Oh, no, no, Fourth grade requirement. I'm wrong. Sixth grade requirement. It was a short story, and then a novel. Okay. Okay, sorry. Short story, then a novel, then a movie. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So the the plot of this movie or the story, as it were, uh, there is there's a lab that's going on. There's a uh, their whole premise, I believe, their whole point of existence. The lab is to try and increase intelligence somehow, and so they have a mouse uh, that they've been sort of feeding this weird serum to to make it a smarter mouse, um, and it worked. And and uh, but they but they also had a a, a simpleton. Uh, who worked like for them, I guess. And he ends up taking the same serum and then it makes him smarter too. And then they like pit him against the mouse. And then, and at first like the mouse is like, you know, supercharged mouse. So it starts, it beats him, beats the shit out of him. And as far as like handling this maze. And then after a while, the guy takes the medicine and, and he starts catching up to the mouse. But then like the mouse deteriorates really, really rapidly. Mm. And the, the mouse is named Algernon. Right. And so this guy who now knows he's self-aware enough to know that he was simple before and is now hyper intelligent 
and he watches this mouse deteriorate rapidly so he knows that this is going to happen to him. That the same serum is going to do the same shit to him, that it's going to give him a moment of bright intelligence and then it's going to fucking kick the shit out of him and cause him to wither and die. And so that's the whole point of this book is the, the coming to, to terms with that. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Touched upon but many like, different ethical and moral themes such as the treatment of the mentally disabled. Although the book has been challenged for removal from libraries in the United States and Canada, sometimes yeah. successfully, it is frequently taught in schools around the world and has Pretty been rough. adapted many times for television, theater, radio, and then the film that William Goldman wrote, Charlie. Yeah, Charlie, that's right. The, and, and the dude who played Charlie was the guy who played Uncle Ben in the Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man. What? Yes, he. so a young... Cliff Robertson. Was Charlie, yes. A young Cliff Robertson was Charlie. And he does another brilliant job, like for like an acting study, like absolutely watch that performance. Like you believe that he is 100% mentally challenged like starting the film and then you believe that he's a genius and then you believe that he's going back to it. Wow. You know? Yeah. Jeez. Today is the 35th anniversary of the finale of uh, MASH. Ah. Oh, really? <laughs> and ironically and sadly it's also today David Ogden Stiers died. Who played uh, Major Winchester on MASH. Yes, we we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Anyway, so because of that, there's been a lot of very quality content. MASH is my favorite show, bar none. That's it. That's my favorite television show that has ever existed. And uh, so it's led to – there's a lot of quality content out there today about MASH and delving into things and old interviews and stuff like that. And so I've spent a lot of my day reading about MASH. And so there's a lot of things about Alan Alda that I – like you don't you don't appreciate these things because for me most of my life Alan Alda is um, he's Hawkeye on Mesh. There's why would you bring up anything else that he's ever done? But he had a whole career before he was Hawkeye on Mesh. He was an incredible stage actor and he was in a lot of movies and he had a whole career afterwards. He's still working to this day. But things like like. Mr. Uh, Cliff Robertson as Charlie Gordon being all of those things like there's there was so much in the interviews today that I was seeing about how good Alan Alda was at all these things that you wouldn't think were important about acting but he like always what? he always brought it so for instance Alan Alda had no idea because he was in the middle of filming a movie when he got cast uh, on the television show uh-huh. so he didn't have a ton of time to prep and so they called action for the first shot of the show which is a shot of him walking across the compound and they called action and in his head he was like i uh ooh, i don't know who this character is but then in walking across he picked all these different things like uh finding a group of two nurses and walking with them with his arms over both of their shoulders and stuff and like just little things like that too he wasn't just walking from this door to that door he was doing he a bunch of stuff in between and he built the character as he <laughs> from point A to point B in the first shot of the entire show man see you have hmm. to do stuff like that that's amazing and then another thing people were bringing someone someone put up a bunch of clips of him talking on the phone on Mash, 
Yeah. And they're like, there's no one in this world who's better at talking on the phone than Alan Alda. So Bob Newhart is known for comedically talking on the phone. Oh, yeah. It was one of his bits in his stand-up. Yeah, it was part of his stand-up act. He would talk on the phone and through what he said in response to, quote-unquote, what the person on the other end of the phone was saying, there were so many jokes that you could glean. So many. Um, but Alan Alda was like, someone was like, watch this. Like he gives exactly enough time for the person on the other end to say what they're supposed to say. He reacts as they say the different parts of the sentences. And then he responds to what they're saying. And so as an when act- the whole time, there's no one actually saying anything. He's That's holding amazing. up a blank phone. Yeah. There's no one, there's no one saying <clears throat> anything at all. He's just, he's holding up a piece of plastic to his head. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Alan Alda's great. You we know, his talking... uh, last name is not Alda. What is it? Uh, so, he is named after his father. He and his father are both named Alfonso D'Abruzio. Okay, Alda. Yeah. Ex- well, you already figured it out. But his father was a stage actor. And really? uh knew it wasn't about pretending not to be Italian. It was about being able to have a name people could say. So they took Alfonso D'Abruzio, and as you say, Alda, and uh, made Alda, and then just took the name Alan. But because they were both, they had the, the same most name. American name they could think of. Yeah, and so I, I heard a really interesting interview with Alan Alda the other day, where he he someone was talking about they're like, so you know, you were trying to get away from your Italian roots. He was like, no, I don't care. I'll tell anyone who I, even back then, I'd tell anyone who wanted to hear it that I was Italian. It was about having a name people could say. And they're right. like, what about Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese? And he goes, do you, do you realize that those are very easy names to say? Right. <laughs> D'Abruzio is make not. A choice. Like they, they tried yeah. to get him to, to, you know, Leo specifically. Because he, he wouldn't budge on his last name. And really? They were like, okay, then you got to give us something about your first name. You know, go by Leo. And he's like, no, my name is Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> But you can do that now, like the girl who played Wonder Woman, whose name I still don't know how to say, so I don't. Gadot. Gal Gadot. Is it Gal Gadot? Oh, that's yeah. what I want to say. Or Are you sure Gal it's... Gadot. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> no, it's Gal Gadot. It's oh. Gal Gadot, yeah. Well, that's oh, what I want to say. I can start like, saying yeah, it now. Sure. Which is interesting naming a girl Gal. <laughs> well, right? she's she's Israeli. I mean, this is not English. They don't, uh, okay. they don't have Gal. She was born in Israel. Right. It's a, it's a Hebrew name somehow. I don't I don't know. It's I don't know gal, much about her life. Right. Let's find well, you out. should, damn it. Gal <laughs> Godot. Maybe she has a longer first name. That's a thing that you don't see too often with women having a, a shorter. Ooh, interesting. What would first the first name. name be? Galinda? I have no idea, but apparently it's just Gal. Her name is Gal Godot Varsano. Okay, so now let me look up Gal Hebrew. Gal Hebrew, meaning, I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of this. Gal is a Hebrew baby name. In Hebrew, the meaning of the name Gal is wave. What? Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Like like the beauty of a wave of water? Uh, let's find out. What do you, what do you mean by wave? Nope, doesn't doesn't tell me anything. Just the word wave. 
Oh, I, you know, since we're talking about it, I just checked, and I guess the T is not silent. It's Gal Gadot? Yeah, Gal Gadot. Or is it Gadot? How is the O? Is it a long O or a short O? It's the O as in body. You're sure? I'm looking at Wikipedia. (laughs) Suck it to me. Yeah, I'm 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 looking at who it's pronounced Gadot. Gadot. That's fun. Gal Gadot. Is it Gaul? Well, let's find out. G is the G, and then A. Let's find it. All right. Two dots over the A. Phonetic Hebrew G. So I want A, just a regular old. Why are they all out of order? Oh, vowels. Uh, As in father. So Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Damn, right. Gal Gadot. Damn, that's actually a better name than Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot is fucking a cool name. Yeah. She was Miss Hmm. Israel. Whoa, she was Miss Israel 2004. And then she served two years in the Israel Defense Forces as a combat instructor. Instructor. Okay. And then she became a model and actor. What a freaking life! And she's, whoa, she was born in '85. Wow. I know, I know. When that shit happens, it makes me feel bad about myself. I'm like, I work at the welfare department. (laughs) (laughs) I have the same thing. But I also don't have large it's dreams. It's the same thing as being part of the Israeli army as yeah. an instructor and being Miss Israel I, and then becoming an actress, becoming Wonder Woman. It's the same. I think I, I, I think at least Zach and I are in this boat, and I think James, you might also be in this boat. I don't, I don't have big dreams. I'm not just waiting for my shot to to finally reach my full potential. Like I'm there. I'm fine. I'm. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do this, hundred <laughs> percent, and eventually I will do it better. And that's that's my life. That's where I am. That's where I'm now. I used to have big dreams. Oh, same. But I sort of had an anagnosis where I I realized that I was surrounded by a bunch of fake people. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially when you're is this when you're at IO? Correct. Yeah. 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 People like even in the parties we would have outside of the theater people were still improvising and still doing scenes like it was yes and to the like 10th degree yeah like no one was having a real and genuine conversation with anyone else they were all like like working and practicing well you know ben schwartz had this problem and he had to to fix it did you have you ever heard this story about ben schwartz no ben schwartz one of the best improvisers in the world uh, there was a point when he was uh, he was doing UCB in New York. He was doing other theaters too. Is IO in New York? Uh, no. Okay. There might be one East. Uh, Doesn't matter. Uh, he was doing yeah, he was yeah. doing improv at all times. He was okay. he was a page for NBC. Uh huh. And while he wasn't working as a page for NBC, he was doing improv. Um, all of his waking hours and then anytime he wasn't being a page or doing improv he was sleeping right and there was a point where he was hitting a wall with his you know improv classes and instructors and stuff where he like couldn't he couldn't make the next step 
and the instructors like one of the one of his instructors sat him down there like okay let's talk like what's your day like and he would describe his day and they're like okay but like a regular day he was like no it's a regular day they're like okay so you have a day off what's your day like and a day off was that he was doing improv for 16 hours that day instead of just eight, right, you know? Right, because it was fun, right? It wasn't yeah. working. And so they're like, okay, you are improvising based on improv and not right. on Right, you need to life. build real life experience. <laughs> you need right. to go like right. have a life before you can improvise funny scenes. Because improv based on improv scenes is not funny. That's not something no. that audiences <laughs> want to see. It becomes too meta. Yeah. So, like, the people like that, like, they think that they're honing their craft, but the reality is that they're ruining their craft. And you need to take off that suit as you step out of the theater doors when you're done with your show. You're right. <laughs> take a, off that coat. Yeah. Like, there's a time when it's fun, when things are kind of right to do stuff like that. But you shouldn't – that shouldn't just be how things are. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I study improv too much for someone who doesn't do much of it. (laughs) Down to the psychology of how to be an improviser. (laughs) We could fix that, you know. Yeah, I could just start doing improv. (laughs) Yeah. And then that that would help. I don't have the time. It it got to the point, though, dude, like like right when I came back from Chicago, I would sit at Jesse Blackwell's house, in fact – and they had like they were all like computer nerds, and so they had this setup where like the the master computer was back in the back of the room, and then they had a TV that was set up to like the PlayStation. You could watch pretty much every episode of every show that you could imagine, right? So I would be playing the radio uh, or Pandora back then and watching TV, and then talking to people, and then incorporating shit that I would hear on Pandora or on TV into the conversations that I was having with people. And no one would catch it. And I was just playing like a fucking puppeteer the whole time. Like not actually having real conversations, but just like, you know, having improv conversations with them. You know, this was right after I came back. I like yeah. I don't do that shit anymore in real life. But right, like right, that right, was right, just right. how I was conditioned. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like it was it was a muscle that I worked just like my typing. <laughs> you know? It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird, weird Yeah. No, I totally I totally understand. I've been you 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 come back and there's a certain point because I've I've been the comeback guy. There's the there's a certain point when you come back where you're like, ooh, I'm comeback guy, and I have all these experiences that you guys don't have, so I'm going to pepper them into our conversations all the time, regardless of whether or not it's appropriate or has anything to do with what we were talking about, right? Or, or pertinent or anything? Yeah, any of that. It doesn't matter because I'm comeback guy, and you are not going to forget that I'm comeback guy. <laughs> and it's a very sad place to be. Yeah. Wait, there was a Justice League movie. Just recently. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't see movies. You guys, you, do you why didn't see it either? Zack Snyder, huh? Oh, that's right. That I only knew of this as a as a preview of a movie to come. Oh, I see. Because there was a line in the in the trailer I saw that one hundred percent lost me and made me go, "I don't care about this movie and I don't want to see it." I think we talked about it on here, maybe, where a kid gets into the Batmobile with with what's his oh, name? Oh, you know, I'm yeah, you mentioned it, yeah. 
and he goes, oh, what's your superpower? And he goes, oh, I'm rich. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. You just lost me, and I don't want to see this movie anymore. I didn't really want to see it that much anyway. <laughs> uh, Zach slash James, is it worth it to spend $20 on Thor Ragnarok? I have not seen it. Would not know. I am I, woefully behind as far as my superhero movies. That's the, uh, the I will catch up if I watch that one. I will catch up to that uh, movie at least. I love 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 it, but I have a hard time spending twenty bucks on any sort of movie, no matter how much I love it. <laughs> well, if you go to a reclining theater, well, I've already no no no, no. like this is this is on my Fire TV. I already oh, own Spider Man Homecoming and Doctor Strange and one or two other Ant Man, a couple others. So it's not about the spending the twenty dollars on it. It's about whether or not it's worth spending the twenty dollars on it. Will it be the same thing? You'll have it. I will it's not have twenty it. bucks to see it. Okay, then yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I for, think for it's... selfish reasons because I want to come over and watch that shit. <laughs> You're allowed. <laughs> I think it's by by far the best Thor movie. Like, not even well, close. That's not hard to, to do. But, but no, I yeah. know. But and see, this is coming from someone that actually weirdly liked the second Thor movie. You but... what? Come on. I know. I know. I still have not seen the second. No, I have. I have. I lied. Ragnarok is the one it. where he fights the Hulk. Right, I have seen the Thor, the second one where he fights Loki again. Wait, he fights the Hulk Rene or fights Rito. Loki? Because if the Hulk's there, that's Ragnarok. Right, I haven't seen that one, but I've seen the one where Loki becomes Rene Russo. Okay, that that's the one that's all in Asgard. That's Thor yeah. 2 Dark World. Dark World, yeah. No, I, I thought Ragnarok was amazing. But okay, then I'll buy it. it. If you know, I was just gonna tell you if you end up not buying it, I'm sure you can always borrow it from me when I end up buying it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a way to play discs. Oh, okay. Your PlayStation Three. Oh, that's true. Oh yeah, like there Blu-ray. You well, my my controller doesn't work. I need a new controller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you do. But, the, but I have one. Uh, do you have a, you have a controller? I do. You can. But I wouldn't. I would say have, but it's my only way to watch Netflix in the bedroom. No, then, but yes, then no, you're not letting me use it because I, I just, I need to have one because, okay, so I started playing Assassin's Creed for the third time. Okay, <laughs> on the D pad in Assassin's Creed, that selects your weapon, or uh-huh. it makes you use your uh, medicine. Like if you're low on health, you hit to the left and you take medicine and you're fine. My controller started acting up, and I kept, like, figuring it out, and it was fine. And now the D-pad just does whatever it wants at all times, which is really really annoying in Assassin's Creed when there are two problems that come up. A, I'm trying to fight with my hidden blades because that's my favorite way to fight in Assassin's Creed. But every now and then, it'll just go, toot! Now you're fighting with your fists. Now you're fighting with a sword, <laughs> and it's totally different style. And I'm like, ah, ah, what's going on? I'm surrounded by dudes I'm trying to kill, and I keep switching weapons. Ah! But the other aspect is that it's constantly going like, ooh, you're down one square of health out of 30. You should take some medicine. And then by the time I get to the point where I need some medicine, I'm out. Because my D-pad has decided for me to use up all of the medicine that I have. So you should spray it with keyboard duster. I did this. I took the entire oh. thing apart. 
Oh, checked every part. It's just it's it's old. It's like a right ten year old piece of machinery, and it's I think it's had its day, and I just need to buy another one. And yeah. I've had very poor experience with buying off-brand PS3 controllers. No, you have to do the the actual. I have to buy it brand. from PlayStation, which is that's fine. I just need to wait until. I know I just talked about spending twenty bucks on a movie that doesn't really matter, but <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I have to wait until I have thirty dollars. Sixty to bucks spend. though. They're they're a lot of money. Yeah, you can get it for about thirty on Amazon. On Amazon, yes. For but if you were to go to GameStop and want one the same day, it would be sixty. Is I could go to GameStop. I still have a lot of money left over on my GameStop card. You can get a refurbished one for about that twenty or thirty bucks. I'm okay with refurbished. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's it'll be fine. As long as it works. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, my PS3 is not a thing that I use until I get a good controller. I see. I see. Another thing is, weirdly, mine fixed itself after years of not use <laughs> or like months. Like I, I James, I, I don't have years or months. I gotta, I gotta get this controller back. Well, <laughs> but I'm saying, so mine wouldn't even turn on my controller. It wouldn't plug in. I mean, it, it would plug in, but it wouldn't register that it was charging. It wouldn't do anything. It just wouldn't register. Like I, like I couldn't do anything with it. And then all of a sudden, one day. Out of sheer desperation, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try this one. And it turned on and it works perfectly after months and months and months. Yeah. So, like, I have no idea what fucking, you know. Yeah. Just pray. Pray to the gods of PlayStation and they will give you. We'll see. It's been like a <laughs> month what you since need. I've done anything with it. So maybe maybe it'll be fine now. But yeah. I can always tell when it's not because I turn it on and then I immediately can't do anything because the D-pad is doing whatever it wants. And I can't like, right. get over to the game and load the game. No joke. Mine used to do that, dude. Oh, really? And then one day. Yeah. And, it, and then one day it just stopped. It wouldn't do anything. And then one day it was fine and perfect. Interesting. Okay. We'll see. Hmm. Yeah. I literally there's no science that can do that. It's not like there's nanobots or anything. Oh yeah. Right, but but 100% that should happen to me. There's a lot of things I think it's, like it's that. Probably apply. dust. It's, you know, it's that, probably dust. A single dust mite that that moves after years. Yeah. You know, it gets big enough that like it's weighted down and you just pick up the thing and it falls off the connector. Like that's probably what it is. It's not <laughs> It's not magic. I Honestly, don't. I don't have a better explanation, so it's probably that. <laughs> <laughs> I might even try tonight when we get off and just see if... <laughs> see where it's at. See where it's at. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I've lived <laughs> without it. I just have started watching more TV. That's fun. Last Man on Earth is amazing. I'm all caught up now. Now I know uh, everything that has happened to the last man on Earth. Spoiler alert: He's not the last man on Earth. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Well, hey, I didn't know this. I went into it going, okay, it's called Last Man on Earth, so clearly it's going to be all about him. And then, like episode two, there's another person. There's another person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there are more and more people, and people die. There's still not a lot of people. But it's yeah. not one person. There's a fair amount. <laughs> There's billboard. Misleading, yeah. yeah. You guys ever watch that, Last Man on Earth? No. I saw like the first couple. I would say that it is uh, worthwhile if, but I will also add, if you're out of other things to watch. Yeah, that's oh, how man. it usually felt. I love Kristen Schaal. 
as uh, you know as a general rule. Yeah. But Will Forte like is hit or miss for me. Like he he does the same thing that Will Ferrell does. Like he knows what's funny, but he takes it just a little too far like 90% of the time. So that was the case for Will Forte up until there was a point is somewhere around probably like season two or something like that where they forced him to like have a major showdown with death basically. Okay. And he changed who he was. Okay. Interesting. And they, so they did it like they did it kind of organically. It wasn't just like, Oh, now he's uh, characteristically he's different. They went, no, he's, you know, basically staring down the barrel of a gun. Even It was an actual gun, but he's basically staring down the barrel of a gun, and he made a choice to be a different guy, and he's stuck with that. And every now and then, you know, the old guy pops up, which is going right, to happen sure. in any case. For comedic purposes. Yeah, but it's that that saved the show, in my opinion. Had he continued to be the exact same person for the rest of – we're into – the middle of season four right now. Right. Yeah. Had, had he continued to be that person for four seasons, it would have been a terrible show that no one should watch. But because that happened, it was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. I'm in. Got it. I mean, that's fair. Maybe I'll give it a shot one day when I have nothing else to watch. <laughs> Someday they'll finally put mash on streaming and then you can just watch that. Cause there's 11 seasons there. Yeah. I have it all on DVD, but I don't have a DVD player. And yeah, MASH has been three. supposed to be on Hulu for almost a full year. I thought year. they were going to bring it, but they have not yet. It's tough, apparently, to get it on streaming. I don't know. I just want it on streaming. Even if it's like it, it shows up on whatever Prime Video or something and I can buy it, I will buy it. Yeah, pay 20 or 30 bucks for the full series. Yeah. It, it'd be more. <laughs> but, I I, I would, <laughs> yeah. but I would pay it. I, You'd do it. I want it. I want to watch MASH. Give me MASH, please. You ever seen Kristen Schaal as a horse? I don't know what that means. So it's it's a bit that she did with uh, part of her stand-up with this old guy. Not this old guy, like her old partner. Her old, She had like a, a comic partner. While we're talking about Kristen Schaal, I just, something reminded me of that. And so this, this bit is I, like, I don't know how they get into it organically, but this guy just sings this song and she dances around like a horse and it's each night. It was a different length, right? Like they would do it for sometimes minutes. And so the song is Kristen Shaw is a horse. Kristen Shaw is a horse. Look at her dance. like it. look at her go now. Look at her dance like a horse. And so the whole time she's just like galloping around the stage. Right. And, and so they said that, that the audience would go from like, at first it was the funniest shit. And then they would get tired of it, but she would keep doing it, and like she would keep doing it as long as the guy was singing the song. That's just oh my they God. said the, the longest time was nine minutes, but so it would go in waves of the audience being like, "This is the funniest shit," to being like, "Okay, we're done," and then it just keeps going, and then they're like, "This is the funniest shit," and then they're like, "Okay, we're done." It just keeps fucking going. That's some of the it's some of the best comedy in the world. Yeah. Is it's funny, and then it's not, yeah. and then they keep and going. Then it's funny, yeah, and it's not. And it's funny, and then it's not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had this the other day where I paused the TV while we were watching something and it was a commercial. And so the way I paused it, it was a teenage girl in the passenger seat of a car. Okay. 
but the label on the TV said Gary, actual patient. <laughs> <laughs> but I paused. I paused it to talk about something. <laughs> And then, like, the longer that was on TV, the funnier it became. <laughs> Gary, oh, actual patient. Like, it's it's up there with bike is short for bikel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That Mr. Postman thing was just had – the more I watched it, the more I laughed and laughed and laughed. Did I send that thing to you? Mr. Postman, I don't I don't remember it. Okay, I'll I'll send that to you, and you guys can watch it. Hang on. Mr. Postman, I'm trying yeah, that's to that's essentially find the song. Gary, actual patient on my mind. I have my daughter reading the script to once. I have a bunch of Minions memes because I found out that was a thing. Oh, nice. <laughs> Are you guys aware of Minions memes? No, I have no idea what that. I'm aware of what the minions are, but I do not know yeah, any yeah. memes. Around there's them. memes. There's a whole. There's a whole culture of memes around the minions. That's it's entirely created by, um, old people, for lack of a better <laughs> term. Okay. Because they all think minions are very funny, and so they take minions and they add them to just sort of regular memes. To everything. Yeah, and it adds this new level of bad and weird. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I'm into December. Where's Gary Actual Patient? Come on. I need to make, like, a memes folder on my phone for pictures so I can send things better. Like, here's a meme of a minion in a hula skirt and a coconut bra. And it says, we are not old. We are recycled teenagers. <laughs> That's that type of deal. That's fun. my my grandma would send that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bike is short for bikel. Zach, I've sent that to you, right? I know I've sent it to James. Uh, I don't know if you've sent it to me, but we we've, we've talked about it at the very least. Most people rejected his message. Bike is short for bikel. <laughs> Shut up! They hated Jesus because he told them the truth. Galatians four sixteen. <laughs> Oh, All right. man. Well, now I'm going to Google Gary Actual Patient. Let's see. <coughs> Gary Actual. Come on. Actual Patient. Why did you do it on my phone? Don't ask me why. Uh, something about hair restoration. <laughs> it was real funny. Gary Actual Patient. Ooh, I think I know where to find it. Oh, nope. Albums, albums, screenshots. It was on my phone. In only two weeks, I lost my new glasses. And it sucks because you can't see them enough to find them. Oh, by the way, here's a screenshot. Now I'm looking at my screenshots folder I sent to my wife the other day. (laughs) It was a headline from New York Times. The Kroger grocery store chain will stop selling guns to customers under 21, joining Walmart and Dick's. Wait, who's oh. selling guns who's to people under 21? Uh, I th- Zach hit on my major issue there. Why did we have a grocery store so around that sold guns? guns? In the first place, what? 
I don't think any Kroger's here did. Do we even have a Kroger's? I, I thought that was more like a. I've never been in a Kroger's. Uh, I looked them up, and I think it turned out south. to be more of a Midwest. Midwest, Where? right? A South. So I sent you fellas a link to this postman thing, and it just legitimately like tickled me to my core. The more that I watched it, the more that I laughed and laughed and laughed. The expression on his face is just priceless. I don't have Gary actual patient. I'll find it someday and I'll send it to you. All right. Gary, actual patient. All right. Reddit.com. Loading. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about fucking watching it again. It's the best thing. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. All right. I'm going to play it near the mic. Yeah, play it for our listeners. So for our listeners, it started out with a young Afro-clad man. Uh, By young, I mean probably 10. Yeah, maybe 12 for the the most. For the first line. Wait a minute, Mr. Postman. And then the video cuts to... A probably ninety-year-old man in <laughs> no a, teeth. with no teeth in a green safety vest <laughs> going. <"Hey!" laughs> and the second time it's even funnier. Just, oh he looks so God. genuinely happy to say it. Hey! <laughs> it's perfect. Hey! He's on key. Like, yeah. that's the funniest thing to me. He's just right there, like, living his life, fucking singing this song. Hello. Yeah, I'm there here. he is. I'm ready for my moment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I feel like my like my grandpa's never said this, but I wouldn't put it past him to say something like, ooh, are you going to put me on a Facebook? Right. Yeah. Are you going to put me on the Facebook? <laughs> you going to put me on that Facebook that uh, the kids are always talking about on CNN? <laughs> Who am I kidding? My grandpa doesn't watch CNN. <laughs> He's watching Fox and Friends with the president. <laughs> oh, the best source of news. And eating four McDonald's sandwiches. <laughs> the needs cost him $1.29. I will never get over that report. <laughs> Did I ever give you guys the follow-up to that report? No. Okay, I don't so think the, you gave me a follow-up. No. So the first the, the report was that uh, the president on during during the uh, during his candidacy, his his standard order at McDonald's was two Big Macs and two filet of fishes and a chocolate shake. So not even like like four dollar sandwiches, like no, four no. large sandwiches. No, four in nor- four meals he would have. Right, and he didn't do it once when he was drunk. He, uh, that was his standard order. That's what he would have. The turns out on that, the, uh, the, the follow-up to it was that they asked the guy who reported that, who was like on the plane with the, the candidate for presidency, like they (laughs) they were asking him more questions about it. And he said, oh no, 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 no. He didn't eat the bread. We were in a hurry. <laughs> we were on the campaign trail. We couldn't. We didn't have time to eat the bread. <laughs> we like, wait, 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 wait. How do you wait, not wait. have time? The bread is how you 
eat it quickly. Exactly. It the bread hand. is how you eat it quickly is exactly the point to make. <laughs> so, oh, he didn't have time, so he separated everything onto a plate, some terrible, terrible patties of crappy meat and covered with in a fork sauce. And, a knife. and then with a fork and knife, he ate it, and that is how he saved time? <laughs> oh, I know. I know what it is. It's a blender. He didn't have time to eat the bread because he took off. So, okay, as you're walking, someone hands you a sandwich, right? You, you have two right. hands free. Take your left hand, take the top half of the bread, throw it away, while at the same time your right hand is slapping your face with the sandwich and just shoving everything in the sandwich into your mouth, and then you pull back the bread, right? So you've effectively eaten the entire sandwich <laughs> without the bread because you don't have time because you're walking. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a Mick gangbang, but like a Mick ultra gangbang. Oh, yeah. Just stack He's the just throwing thing. all the patties together, and yeah. he knows that somehow the filet of fish patties are the less greasy. So he puts them American cheese sliced down. That's right for all of our listeners who have never had a filet of fish. It's a fish patty with a slice of American cheese on it. Yeah. So he yes. goes American and cheese sliced relish down on it. It's relish and tartar sauce. On top of his four burger patties with all of the special sauce they're slathered in, and he just has this as one huge, quote-unquote, club sandwich. I'm not going to lie. You're making me real hungry. I don't want to eat that sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. There's there's nothing. We tried it. Did I tell you guys that my wife and I tried it? No. Why would you do that? Well, we tried it in a very vanilla way in that I went to McDonald's and I ordered the four sandwiches and then we split them and then we tried to eat just half of the order ourselves. Yeah, no. And we both wanted to die of grease halfway through the first sandwich. Yeah. Halfway through a Big Mac, you're like, why am I doing this to myself? (laughs) But because it's it's got a fun song. Is the song? Remember the song? No, not for Big Mac. Probably not. You guys are just too young, just a little bit. <laughs> hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. No, that's Burger King. Uh, it, it's weird that you remember that one, but no, it's uh, uh, it's not a song so much as like a limerick: "To all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun." Right? If you mm. so, well, that's not was, a that's not a Big Mac because the Big Mac does not come on a sesame seed bun. Yeah, quarter pounder does. Big Mac what? comes on a plain bun. No, two all beef fatty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Uh, Big Mac. That was. The it's a sesame seed bun. I'm wrong. I'm so sorry. What? I'm I'm sorry. You're right. I'm wrong. It, well, so it used to be, and this didn't happen within my lifetime. But but when it first came out, if you could say that under like four seconds or whatever it was, they would give you a free one. Yikes. Yeah. So and then they had to they kept like shaving down the time that, that it would take to get you a free sandwich. But you'd have to say that whole thing. To all be fatty special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Top stories. McDonald's Big Mac record holder on pace to eat thirty thousand by May. What? Oh my god. Three days ago. No, thank you. <laughs> when I was a kid, Big Macs and Whoppers were huge sandwiches. Now they're just like, you know, the regular average sandwich. Yeah, that's the thing that I get sometimes when I go through the McDonald's drive-thru and I get a quarter pounder and they go, yeah. hey, you can get a second one for a nickel. You need to do it. And I go, like, the, the, 
I don't need a second one. <laughs> That's a half pound then at that point. <laughs> I'm okay. I feel bad enough about myself that I'm buying one. Why are you making me buy two? I'm trying to guilt you into getting a second one, yeah. <laughs> Big Mac eating record hoarder Don Gorski is on pace to eat 30,000 of the McDonald's burgers by May, Fox Business reports. Gorski Dude, with was... a name like Gorski, you yeah. should not be a fucking... Like big eating champion? No, no, no. He's not. Cha- he's not like sitting down and eating them all at once. He's having them at least once a day, if not more. Okay, that's fair. Still, Ish. though, maybe you want to find a different profession, Gorski. Gorski Gorg- was recognized Gorg- by the Guinness name. World Records book in 2016 when he ate his two twenty-eight thousand seven hundred eighty-eighth Big Mac. So that's sad that it took that long for him to hold the record. The record would have you happened whether or not Guinness was there, Gorski told Fox Business on Thursday. The Big Macs are my favorite Some foods. Some moves are going to do it. So I'm just <laughs> going to keep eating them every day. Gorski typically eats 14 Big Macs each week, purchasing them in bulk and microwaving them at home. Why are you – that's the that's worse. That's worse than going there twice a day. Yeah, is does he have like hardcore obsessive compulsive disorder and like judging by his on? haircut, yes. <clears throat> oh, does he have a bowl cut? Yes. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm that's surprising that you just pulled that out of thin air, but yes, he has a bowl cut. <laughs> Over the past 44 years, Gorski has gone only one day without <clears throat> eating a Big Mac eight times. Big Mac. Wow. Oh my god. Big Macs account for 90 to 95% of his diet. <laughs> is he a thin man or a fat man? He says although he does not work out, he stays busy all day all day long due to his hyperactive personality. Yeah, that's called masturbating. Gorski, all day. <laughs> Gorski does not get any special incentives from McDonald's and pays the same price for his burgers as anyone else. Man, he's going about things wrong then. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. As the record you know, holder for the most out Big a Macs. Bit and be like, see, see what I'm doing. Oh, you know, look at this. my six pack. Yeah. Six pack Big Mac. That's my name right now. That's how I'm making millions of dollars. <laughs> I changed, I legally changed my name to six pack Big Mac. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, it's, it makes more sense as Big Mac six pack, but whatever. Six Pe- pack Big Mac works People too. also ask, is Big Mac healthy for you? So, yeah, it's got pickles and lettuce and onions. So now I'm going to uh, an article, the title of which is Why a Big Mac is Healthier Than You Think. Well, <laughs> let's let's find out. I don't want to buy a couch, Ikea. False. <laughs> you know what? That is false. I do want to buy a couch. I don't want to <laughs> buy one right now. Where's the X? Give me an X. Okay. Why a Big Mac is healthier than you think. Let's be honest for a second. Salad is not usually the most delicious thing on the menu. Salad, not the highfalutin ramps and pine nuts kind, but the patriotic iceberg lettuce and a petrified tomato wedge kind is the food you order when you're at a place where you're expected to be eating food, but it's a time of year when you should not really be eating the food they serve there. What? Salad is a necessity... The type of proto-soylent. What is going on? Yeah, what the hell kind of website are you on, man? <laughs> <laughs> the FiscalTimes.com. 
fiscal times advocating for Soylent Salad. Why are there so many out. ads? I'll tell you why, because it's a bad website. All right. Salad has its faults and it knows it. It's healthy, but it will never win the popularity contest against your Chipotle burritos or even your Quiznos subs. So the one thing salad should never, should really never be is less healthy than a Big Mac. A Big Mac! It's a sandwich that's shorthand for everything that's wrong with the American diet. And yet, oh, here comes it turns out. A new report from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, which does not sound like a real organization, <laughs> points out 100 restaurant salads that are quote-unquote worse than a Big Mac. The group defines worse in terms of saturated fat, cholesterol, sodium, and calories, sure, uh, which a Big Mac has 550. 550 calories in a Big Mac is uh, actually fairly low. McDonald's says the famous burger yeah, has only yeah. McDonald's says that they have 530, but other people have tested, and apparently it's actually 550. Here are the five worst salads. These are not salads that sound like they would be healthy. Chili's quesadilla <laughs> explosion salad. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Applebee's grilled shrimp and spinach salad. IHOP's crispy chicken cob salad with avocado. Well, avocado is heavy in calories. Oh my god, these calories! Ah, now that I count calories, you guys, it's weird to go into that world and look at the calories and go like, oh, shrimp and spinach <laughs> salad, 1,000 calories. Wow. There's a California pizza kitchen salad called the Moroccan spiced chicken salad, 1,500 calories. Probably got fried chicken, right? Well, let's see. Uh, they don't mention the chicken in the in the <laughs> description, so that's not good. Yeah, but fifteen hundred calories is what I aim for in a day. All right, quesadilla explosion salad, fourteen hundred and thirty calories. See, so you've got a uh, seventy calorie deficit. You're fine. Just eat one of those yeah. salads all day, <laughs> and then eat carrots. I'm eating carrots a lot right, right. now. That crispy chicken cob with avocado from IHOP is thirteen fifty. IHOP is another one that's eleven thirty. What's the difference? No avocado. Two hundred calories of that salad is avocado. Oh my god. Yeah, so don't eat those salads and eat a Big Mac instead, I guess, is the lesson to take away from this. So I remember when the Super Size Me came out. Did you guys have you seen this documentary, Morgan Spurlock? Yeah, supersize me. Yes. Yeah. So right after that came out, yeah. this this chick came out with a with another documentary that that got like no publicity whatsoever. But she was like, "Look, she was like, you can eat at McDonald's every day and still lose weight. It's all about maintaining a calorie deficit, right? Yes. So if you're eating, you know, this same thing, just like Morgan Spurlock, every single day for thirty months, and she proved she just kept track. You know, she's like under this amount of calories, under this amount of calories." Under this amount of calories, and look, I'm down 15 pounds, and, and my kidney and liver function is fine. I do I do the same thing. I still go to Taco Bell, even though I shouldn't go to Taco Bell. But I, I, I shoot for, I miss all the time, but I always shoot for 500 calories per meal. And right, so if I fair. go, all right, I'm going to go to Taco Bell and get some Taco Bell, I get something that is at or under 500 calories. And then Do you I find that you're hungry? Uh, no, actually, because fast food is very filling. 
when you yeah, had then, like, three carrots later. and an apple for breakfast with a little bit of peanut butter. <laughs> and lunchtime rolls around and you so, go get yourself a the beef and potato first burrito. Week. First Were week. you hungry the first week? Yeah. Well, I had the sickness that helped me through the, the first ah, stuff. This I is see. this is why I was able to jump on this weight loss train jump and not really it. have too many issues is because I got sick and I wasn't eating because I had the flu. And so then I was able to go like, whoo, look at this. Everything's fine. I'm going to have seven or, you know, five mozzarella sticks for dinner. And my wife three is grapes gonna, and I'm good. Yeah. And my <laughs> wife's going to go, why are you not hungry? And I'm going to go, I don't know, because I'm not. Stop trying to get me food. And that is how I quit smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I got sick. Not this time, but I used I used to do it that way. I should do that for quitting tobacco. It takes a change in your routine. Like legitimately, I had to I had to wait until I struck at work because that was the three days that I needed to not just have a break. You know what I yeah. mean? Because before, like every two hours, I would smoke like a cigarette or two, and then you know I was smoking a pack and a half a day. And so when we struck at work. I would wake up and I would go to work and then I would come home, right? And I would smoke a little bit of weed, then I would go back and strike a little bit more. And then I would come home at like noon and I would smoke a little bit of weed. But I, but the break in routine is what allowed me to not have a cigarette every two hours for three days. Yeah. And then that break for three days is what allowed me to keep going and not having a cigarette. And it's been almost two years now. Zach, as a doctor, do you have anything more than disrupting your routine to throw into how to stop using tobacco? Uh, well, I mean, you know, some generally, uh, some sort of kind of ties in with the uh, routine, but a lot of times for some people, the, uh, when you get used to using something like that, so often there can be like a, tie into routine but doing something to replace kind of the oral fixation uh, portion of it whether it be oh yeah a gum yeah. or something like that yeah i did starbucks gum, um, in fact that's it's really good that you bring that up star you did starbucks yeah. gum yeah so like it's just a regular gum but it's really really strong it's meant to kick out coffee breath huh. and uh having been you know nicotine and, and you know like cigarette breath the whole time like that like jolt was really appreciated, you know, and then I would chew. So I went through like a pack of Starbucks gum a day, you know, which like two bucks versus six bucks back then. And now it's like 10 bucks for a pack of cigarettes. Well, that's but so I'm yeah, that was right now with the chew because they just recently doubled the price. So I'm, I'm yeah, not paying yeah. three fifty. I'm paying $7, seven bucks. Right. Yeah. And pretty soon they're going to give you another tax on top of that. And yeah. you'll be paying eight fifty. So and um, when I started chewing, I paid a dollar fifty. So yeah. it's it's a it's a right. major change to get up to six dollars seven dollars. Yeah. It's it's not no, it's not it out, fun. Dude. Try Starbucks gum. Well, what I do what I what I do sometimes to try and I never really have stuck to it too much is, uh, you know these these toothpicks they make they're made out of birch and they're infused with tea tree oil. Oh yeah, I hate tea tree oil. Oh, I, but I, but I love that it. Sounds like it would be an effective anti. They do it. They do it with cinnamon as well for people who don't like tea sure. tree oil. But sure. So I have these. They're all over the place. I have some at work. I have some at home, and I'd use it to slow down. But I already take Wilbutrin, and that did not take. This is this is me speaking to Zach mostly. 
but yeah. I was prescribed <laughs> Wellbutrin as a way to stop, and then I didn't, and nothing's happened. So, like my yeah, my it doesn't doesn't my urge did not go down even a small amount. From what I understand, the the way that that works specifically Wellbutrin is it just sort of cuts down <clears throat> your urges in general. And that's one of the ways that you that you can aid yourself is by re- reducing the urge to smoke and just following up on that, right? It it, it starts the pro- it's like a melatonin Hang for, on. for smoking cessation. Are you saying it cuts down on all urges? That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Like like most like habitual urges and urges for like habit and stuff like that, and and like the the need that comes with like the compulsion that comes along with it. I thought it was a, a compulsion reducer. Which is really what an urge is. Like the urge to smoke is just a really strong a compulsion. Bit. What? I'm cutting out? Also, getting, you know, you have the nicotine receptors. So you have, oh, right. the, yeah. you start to get the withdrawals and all that too, which are, can be really horrible with nicotine. Yeah. Which leads into the, ne- the other thing is, you, you know, you can do like nicotine replacement, you know, patches, gum, stuff like that. Interesting. For me, it had to be a non-option. I had to have well, the, zero. The, otherwise, I was yeah. gonna have at all. The gum, the patches and gum is some. It's a that's a a path I've gone down. But the patches and gum cost about ten times more than the actual nicotine. Yeah, no, that's the biggest issue. Unless you can get them covered on your insurance, they're really expensive. So I'd have to be honest with the doctor and tell them that I use nicotine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which hasn't come up yet. Um, really? Yeah. Now, no, for you, him. what about? What, wait. Yeah. Sorry. Go no. ahead, answer that question first. That's important. But there was a question. What was the question? Do they ask? Uh, well, I, they don't ask you. Yeah. They always. Uh, here's here's the thing about doctors is that no, they don't because I I I'm always sure not to lie to a doctor. <laughs> But I also don't volunteer too much information if I don't want to. And so the question I am asked is, do you smoke? And my answer is, oh, no, you don't smoke. But I do no. too, but you don't have to do butt. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, like, it's like a self-consciousness consciousness thing. And there's a lot of stuff to that. But, but you know, most specifically, the doctors only say, do you smoke? And I say no. And they go, great, so you're not a tobacco user. And I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. Correct. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Anyway, let's keep talking about other things. And so, no doctor, because I was prescribed Wellbutrin four health insurances ago. Mm-hmm. So, no doctor has brought up, like, oh, they put you on Wellbutrin. Is this because of a tobacco thing? They just go, right. they just go, oh, you've been on it for a long time, so that's fine. Now, so it it just deadens the nicotine receptors, so that means that you have to use more in order to feel the same amount that you would have before. I wouldn't say well, that. So, well, so, well, butrin doesn't directly affect oh. nicotine receptors. Shantix wow. is the one that affects Sh- the I nicotine see. receptors. How, so how does Wellbutrin curb it? Wellbutrin like, affects dopamine receptors, which by affecting those, then it's, well, it, it affects, I should be more specific it affects dopamine reuptake so which helps to reduce cravings and withdrawal symptoms oh 
it doesn't directly affect the receptor. Then I was I totally explained this wrong by the original doctor who gave me Wellbutrin. That makes so much oh, more sense for my actual experience with it because she, the way I took it at at least, was that she was telling me if I prescribe this to you, it will help your depression. A, num- primarily, it will help your depression. But secondarily, it will make you not want to use tobacco. And then that wasn't the case. So I became not depressed, but I continued to use tobacco. So yeah, no. <laughs> I would need something I, like yeah. a Chantix or something. Okay. Have you tried using like jerky chew or like substituting it with something else? Because for me, you the oral it, was it. a huge part of it. Like it, it's a huge part of it for me. It was to like bring something up to my mouth and like like complete that motion of like smoking and like breathing in. And I really enjoy seeing myself breathe out smoke, you know, so which is I've, why it's going to be really hard for me to quit smoking weed. So I've tried, I've tried very, I've tried all these different things, the toothpicks and the gums. I, I, I even have had Nicorette gum and I've tried the jerky and the jerky. There, there's a jerky version of chew that you yeah, put yeah, into your mouth. That's I'm, what I was referring to. Yeah. yeah. I, I've tried. I've tried all of this. None of it has really worked because I always eventually, like even without thinking, just eventually end up back with some chew in my pocket. Mm. And so, if there was something that were to to block the tobacco receptors, that would probably help. So I should probably just go ahead and be honest with my doctor the next time I talk to him. And yeah, and say, hey, I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, especially if you have Kaiser, They'll, they're I do. really good. Yeah, they're really good about cessation. But Kaiser's good about cessation because it is cheaper to have a patient on on Kaiser who is not a nicotine user than correct. it is to have yeah, one correct. who is. <laughs> yeah, correct. I mean they they would you could probably get them. I mean it's, you've already tried it, but you, um, if you hadn't, you could probably get them to do uh, either gums or patches too. Well, if they were mm-hmm. to prescribe it, it would be a lot easier because the issue i had with the gum was that i ran out and then i didn't have fifty dollars to spend on five more pieces of gum yeah and depending on your use the you have to use a shit ton of the gum especially starting out and stuff well that this that's the thing about chewing tobacco that it's like one of those things that's like the plague that no one talks about like like a salvia is uh you get like three times more nicotine per second with yeah. chew than you do with cigarettes and a cigarette's done when the cigarette's done and the, the chew keeps going that's not yeah. the case with chew you can buy so the, i always i've always measured myself by how often i'm buying them and right now i'm doing well as far as my entire use of nicotine career which is that i buy about one and a half cans per three days okay how often do you put a dip in that's that's the other aspect it's not how often i buy them it's how long i keep them in when i have them and i'm using them Uh, i see and so for me it's easier to measure how often i don't have one in okay and that's not that's not a very long time Depending on what's going on with my day, but largely they're, they're I mostly have one in. 
I have uh, I've only dipped a couple of times. Did you and feel drunk? Was... Oh yeah, I definitely got the first time. I like it was too much. It was I was not a smoker the very first time I chewed. Um, it was a snooze pack the first time. One of those snoozes. Snus. You know what I'm talking about? Snus. Snusses. Sure. Um, and, and the person who gave it to me informed me that I needed to put it in the top part of my lip, my top lip, instead of my bottom lip, because that that got into my bloodstream faster is what he was saying. And I was like, okay, sweet. Uh, and I, <laughs> so that's the chewing tobacco version of, uh, oh, you don't have any veins left in your arm. You need to put it into your toes. Yeah, that's what it felt like. So I was like immediately like, I'm going to puke. <laughs> this is bad pie. Uh, yeah. Then the next time I was drunk and I was a smoker and it was regular loose leaf and it was amazing. I had a real good time. I put it in the bottom lip and I, I had a great time and I could easily see how I could become addicted to that. But I, So I never went back. I never did it again because I, I would like it too much. My biggest problem and the reason that I am addicted is that my first time was my roommate, my college roommate, did it already all the time. And I was, like, interested. I'd never even heard of this thing. I, d- I went through all of the alcohol and tobacco bullshit that they teach you in California, but in California they do not teach you about chewing tobacco. Right. Well, a little bit. They, leukoplakia and, like, that sort of thing. But, yeah, not like we just touched on it. A small amount, but it's all about cigarettes, really, on the tobacco portion. So my roommate um, took the time to help me measure out how much I should have. So most people, they go, oh, chewing tobacco, the first time I ever had it, I threw up all over the ground because that's I just did it. It was too much. But he was like, no, let's talk. Like how many – so at the time I smoked black and mild now and then. Uh-huh. Oh, like, yeah. yeah he was yeah. like, what's your tobacco intake like? And I was like, yeah, you know, I smoke black mouths now and then. He goes like, okay, let's talk. One month. How many black mouths do you smoke in a month? And I was like, eh, four to six. And he goes, okay, take this size and put it in. Yeah, like give you like a perfect dose like, and shit. Exactly. Like he dosed it out for me. I put it in and I immediately felt like I had, had four beers all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the rest of using chewing tobacco for me is chasing that buzz, which I will never have again. No, not anything close. Cause it's a literal I mean, buzz. Like it's you, yeah. you, the first time you're like, Oh, Oh my God. It's like getting drunk, but you don't have to drink. You, you could do it. You know, you could, but like the amount that you would need in your mouth like I, I think is oh yeah I'd have it. to put at this point in my life I'd have to put like a fistful in each yeah. corner of my bottom and just, jaw yeah, and then and just chill the entire top jaw would have to be all of it yeah I could, Mouthfuls I could get there for just a minute and not swallowing nothing yeah yeah I could absolutely get there I'm not gonna do it no no hmm. do you even feel it anymore or is it more just for the taste. I feel it. I absolutely feel it. But it's it's a lot more about the uh, routine. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'd love to stop. And it sounds like I should just <laughs> go, go to my uh, my doctor and say, "Hey, I'd love to stop chewing tobacco," and then he'll have all kinds of things for me to do. Yeah, and then yeah. take them seriously is the second part of that. You know, one of the way, one of the ways that I did, and and no one sort of told me to do this, but I, I 
you know, I need reassurance all the time. So I, I would just tell people how long it had been since I had a cigarette. Anyone that I was talking to, even if I did not know them, like, hey, buddy, you're stopped at a stoplight. Hey, man, it's been fucking two weeks since I've had a cigarette. And the only thing that you can say to that is good job. Yeah. Right? So fucking tons of people all day were telling me, hey, good job. Congratulations. You know, I'm proud of you. Like, thank you, strange hobo. Like, you're proud of me? Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I essentially forced everyone that I was talking to to be my sponsor. Yeah. My AA sponsor, as it were. You know, so that's that's another trick that you can use. Like, hey, it's been this this amount of days since I've had it. You know, and three days is the magic number. Once nicotine is out of your system for three days, you don't need it anymore. You just want the routine. You just want the, the old motions and the muscle memory i should just try it i should just do it i should just try it for three days i'm saying this now and then tomorrow i'm gonna buy a new can but for now (laughs) i'm gonna say i should just do it let's try it for three days let's not have any i don't know it's rough stuff when i first started working where i work because i work at a high school i was like well obviously i will never put one in my mouth while i am at work and i would do it constantly I did this constantly. Isn't that against the rules? <laughs> it's absolutely against the rules. There's, uh, I shouldn't maybe say it on this podcast that I could get fired. No one ever knows. Cause that's the thing about it is like specifically they ban cigarettes because right. You can smell it. You can fucking, yeah. Well, not only that, but when you're using it, like when you take a drag of a cigarette, it's almost impossible for someone not to know that you are taking a drag of a cigarette. Well, and it's also impossible for somebody else not to fucking get, a, you know, affected by that drag. Yes. Like it's in the air, right? Like it, it yeah. goes wherever the fuck you want it, like where, where it wants. You don't even want it to. It goes where it wants to go. Yeah. That's yeah, the nice thing about chewing tobacco is unless I'm spitting in your mouth, uh, there's there are no second No way for you to know. Yeah. Next to it. There's small, small, always... small amounts with like it's on my hands and maybe I shake your hand. <laughs> but in maybe. general, that's not really it's not really right. doing anything. I've always been scared based on the movie Sandlot. Because of chewing tobacco? Because of Sandlot? Yeah. You guys ever watched the movie Sandlot? Yeah, I think that's pretty common actually. That's where most people go when they think of chewing tobacco. Yeah, the, that scene where they throw up on the motorcycle. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Roller coaster, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. If, but that was Red Man. You ever tried I mean, Red Man's snuff? hard. Oh yeah, Red Man. Chaw. Yeah. Uh, snuff. Snuff is something that you shouldn't put in your mouth, and if you do, no, no, you sniff it. Well, people put it in their mouth. What? Yeah. Why? It's, it's like putting cigarette tobacco in your mouth. Like, yeah, yeah it'll it'll get you there, but like, it's yeah. I'm just eating cigarettes here. To leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> No, thank you. Yeah. But like it's so like my college uh, professor Jeff Wentworth for our styles of acting class one time we were we were doing. Why do I know year. that guy's name? He's a uh, he's on the board at Stockton Civic. Okay, that's uh, right. his his wife, big tall guy. Uh, recently, yeah, big, tall blonde fellow. Uh, but he so he was like my my him. It was the trifecta. It was a quadruple actually. It was him, Barbara Crocker, John White, and Harvey Jordan. Uh, so each of them like was the expert in their respective like theater area, right? So um, he we were doing like the Moliere and like the Shakespeare and like the classical 
like that sort of thing. Uh, and he brought in a can of snuff to let it, you know, to show us. And so I tried it. He was like, only people who are over 18 can try this, you know, and I tried it and I sniffed it, you know, and that like, honestly is something that I could see myself doing. Like as a smoker, yeah. I could one. I wasn't even a smoker back then, but I could 100% see myself like snorting tobacco. <laughs> yeah, as much as as much as chewing tobacco is the like yeah. heroin of yeah. of smoking cigarettes, snuff and sniffing snuff is the black tar heroin version. Yeah, of no smoking right cigarettes. into your blood yeah. and just like hello, and it stinks, but like you don't care. Nope. You immediately do not care that your nose burns and that you smell like like nasty like dirt tea tobacco, but like because you're like all right, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I so I would uh, I would absolutely could see myself doing that on a regular basis. Oh boy! All right, we're at, um, we're at two forty. We got oh, boy. <laughs> we got we got a lot here. <sighs> yeah, yeah. And you know what I'm going to do? Here's here's my pro tip for putting out a podcast on time. I am going to edit this show before I go to bed. What? Throw it on the website for publishing in a couple of weeks, and there we go. What? Oh man, you're gonna what? Edit it before bed, jeez. Yeah, you guys, I know, I you guys know. don't even know. Like, this is hard stuff. I go through a lot to edit these episodes. At this point, I like literally find the point where we start talking. <laughs> I put a little music before it. Then I find the point where we stop talking, and I put a little music after that, and then I upload it. Huh. Oh, okay. I mean, that's it's complicated. It's I mean, you, so you complicated, and you guys are lucky that I'm here to to handle that kind of thing. I don't know what I would do without. <laughs> we you. are, yeah. I I would absolutely not do any of this without you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's totally fair. Oh, All right, fellas. Time next week. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, probably yeah, not next week, well. though. By the way. Oh, okay. Next week. Okay. But it, it's possible, but probably not. Next week probably. is very fraught. We the Celtic Fair in Sonora is next weekend, and the only day uh, we yes. can go is Sunday. And so then after oh, the, the Celtic okay. Fair on Sunday, I don't know if I will be up to the task. So that we'll see, fair. but don't expect it. Okay, noted. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a plan. Well, we'll see you soon. All right. Goodbye. Take care, you guys. <laughs>